I know you're there, Alice. You can come in. I won't bite you. <laughs> How did you know it was me? I have the rent check. I was going to slide it under the door. Where do you want me to put it? There's so much junk around this filthy place. I bet you never clean it. It smells like cat's piss. My aunt says you should be reported to the Board of Health. What's the matter, Fatty? Stuck in a chair? You don't like your aunt, do you? I don't like you. You know why you don't like us. Your aunt and I are two very perceptive people. We know what you did at the church. <laughs> I can't wait to tell your father all I know about you. What the <laughs> hell do you know? Come on, the check. Damn it. Look what you've done to this check. Let me go. <laughs> Where are you going? You're not in a rush, are you? I know what you have downstairs. You've been snooping through my things. Your things? They're not your things. Karen will come for them. <laughs> the dead have ways. The dead don't rest easy. <laughs> you better let me out. <laughs> the police were already here today, and if they come back, I'll take them downstairs. Get him, get him, you know. <laughs> You pushed up against me once before, you disgusting slob. You'll never do that again. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Horrorcast. This is episode number 54. The Horrorcast is a podcast that discusses all things horror. Our typical format is that we review two movies each episode, one new without spoilers and one older with spoilers. We have a different member pick the movies for each episode. We also discuss many other topics that are involved in our genre. And, oh, yes, it's actually happening. The Horrorcast is back we were on hiatus for quite a while, but honestly, I knew that we couldn't just let this die off. I knew in my heart that we would be back at it, and of course, here we are. So, 
Uh, on behalf of all the horror cast, we want to apologize for that sudden break and also for not really keeping in touch with all of our great listeners. That's not fair to you guys either. But like I said, we are back. Life gets too busy. Uh, sometimes priorities take over for some hobbies. You know the drill. We all have lives. But we just had to remind ourselves that this is just for fun, so let's keep it at that. And I am really stoked to be back at this once again. And if you are new here and do not know this voice, I am your host this episode, Walshy, podcasting from my room of horrors in Pittston, Pennsylvania. And before I introduce everybody else, I ask that you please bear with us because we will most likely have tons of rust to shake off through this first recording. Maybe the next couple too, so just hang in there. And my Halloween decorations are already up, uh, and I know that might sound crazy, it's not even September yet, but podcasting, Halloween, goes hand in hand, I'm ready, so let me get the crew in here. First, we are reviewing this man's movie selections for this episode, and I want to introduce to you, back from the dead, the composer of the horror cast from Southern Maryland, Mark Nato. Mark, it has been a while, dude. Yeah, Walshy, it's been a while. It's good uh, good to hear everybody's voice, and it's good to be back talking about some horror movies. Um, you know, it, it, it's like you said, man, life happens and things happen, and I think we just needed a little bit of a hiatus, a little bit of a break uh, to get our, get our mojo back. But, uh, yeah, we are definitely back and trying to get this thing moving again. And uh, I'm excited about tonight, not, not just because it's the first time I get to talk to uh, to the gang in quite a while, but um, I-, I love talking about some creepy kids in horror. And that's what we will do. Okay, Mark, thanks, man. And next, let's bring in the brains of the horror cast from Connecticut, the Revenant Vin. What's going on, Vin? <laughs> Nothing much, man. Uh, the brains. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you are the brains know. of the horror cast. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's good to be back talking, man. It's I don't really get to talk horror much in my daily life, so uh, um, it's been good. Uh, I've been studying horror quite a bit lately, uh, so it's actually nice to, you know, actually interact with a human being regarding it, not just be reading or watching it. Um, so, you know, miss talking to you guys. I'm glad that we're back. Awesome. Glad to have you back, man. Okay, and moving on, I'm going to bring the prettiest of this gang in from YouTube, and she is podcasting from Los Angeles, California, Horror Gal Susan. What is up, Horror Gal? Hey, I am so happy that we are back. I mean, man, life just really, some of us have just gone through it and, um, you know, going through the gigs. And so now I'm so excited that we're back. This is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of good stress relief and um, a lot of enjoyment and hopefully for the listeners too um, we have all missed all you guys that listen to us and really really appreciate you coming back and listening to us again we will try not to go anywhere from here on right (laughs) yeah exactly we're gonna try we are definitely gonna try I make that promise (laughs) okay and let's keep it moving here and bring in last well hold on I screwed that up hold on and now, on to the lover of all film genres and our audio editor. He is from Maryland, Captain Creepy. Welcome back, dude. Hey, Walshy. Good to hear your voice and everybody else's voices. And glad to hear that Mark Nader's got his mojo back. Yeah, baby. <laughs> That's right, baby. Does he make you hard, eh? <laughs> I mean, who throws a shoe? <laughs> 
Okay, and last but not least, let me bring in the man of a thousand podcasts. And he's got two months off, so I can only imagine what he's going to do in, in that time. And another one from Los Angeles, Mr. Venom, a.k.a. Jerry. What is up, bro? Greetings and salutations, listeners. How you doing, Walshie and everyone else? Great to hear everybody's voice. Um, it's funny because, you know, it, it, we're, we're hearing or at least I'm hearing a lot of like love and like I miss you and I miss this. And it's it's funny because I've kept myself so busy with other podcasts that I almost haven't had time to miss you guys. I love you guys to death. This is my f- the first show that ever gave me an opportunity to podcast. So I'm endlessly loyal to this one. And it's so glad to be back. But man, I have just been so busy with seven or eight other podcasts and then two more that I'm starting up in the next couple of months. So uh, I just haven't had the time to miss you guys. But hearing your voices is such a treat. So I'm very glad we're all back together. Feels good to not be missed. You you bastard. You're cheating on us. Yeah. No, you guys okay. did it to me, Mark Nato. You put you put the bug in me, so right, right. yeah, it is his fault. I got to remember that. <laughs> All right, very good, and that is the gang. So let's keep this moving. And like I said before, these are Mark's picks, as I mentioned. So, Mark, why don't you tell everybody what films we will be reviewing, and maybe get the discussion started on creepy kids in horror? Yeah, well, I've been somebody who always thinks kids in horror or creepy. Uh, I know that other people don't like them. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit. What is scary about them? If so, uh, if not, you know, what are, what are some of your favorite creepy kid movies? Um, and as I, you know, you have kids and kids can be creepy. Sometimes I have been woken up by a six or seven year old standing and staring at me in the middle of the night. (laughs) And like, I'll wake up. They'll just be standing there looking at me like, are you the devil? What is going on here? Um, but I just want to know what exactly is scary about it. I mean, they're kids. I mean, can't you just like punch them in the face or, you know, overpower them or whatever? What is scary about kids? So we're going to talk about two movies. One that is a, a, an older movie that we have been wanting to do for probably two years. We even had a, uh, I had a, a conversation with the director and we were going to uh, hook up for a, for an interview probably about a year or so ago. And it never materialized. And I still want to do it. And that is 1970. Is it 76? Yes. 76. Yes. Alice, sweet Alice, uh, which is about a 12 year old. Okay. Uh, by the way, she's not really 12. She's 19, <laughs> but we will go there. And then the new movie that we're going to talk about is one that is one of the first movies that I saw in 2019. And I've been on the bandwagon for this movie the, the whole year. I love it. And it's called yeah. hole in the ground. So those are the two uh, movies we're going to be reviewing. By the way, if you don't uh, know our format, the older movie, so 1976 is Alice, sweet Alice. We're going to spoil the crap out of that movie. So if you've never seen it and you don't want to be spoiled, you should probably watch that movie before you uh, listen to our take on it. But Hole in the Ground is newer, so we're just going to kind of talk in generalities and vagueness, and we are not going to spoil that. But uh, let, let's let's just talk here real quick. Um, scariest kid in any movie or best favorite scary movie starring a kid or, or whatever. What do you say? Uh, let's bring Vin in. I know Vin can talk about this. Yeah, Vin, um, kick this off, brother. 
uh, you want one of my favorites? One of your favorites, or just tell—I mean, one of your favorites, one of your favorites—and then tell me, do you think kids in horror movies are scary? And if so, why? And if not, why? I mean, short answer: I don't personally find kids in horror films scary. Um, I mean, I can understand why some would, and I can understand why, um, yeah, why kids can be a source of anxiety in films. Uh, I don't always share that, but um. I can definitely sympathize with it. Uh, but I think I'm going to kick it off with one that's a smaller part, because I'm sure people are going to be pick some other ones. But one of the ones that affected me when I was young seeing is uh, Karen Cooper in The Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the girl killing her mother with a spade. That's you know, a great Eating pick. her father. I it's mean, that cool. was, it, it was cool. probably the first time you know, at a pretty young age, whenever I saw, I don't know how old I was, but it was one of the first times I'd ever seen a child, you know, doing something like that. Um, and of course that, you know, movie has that kind of grainy kind of documentary feel. There's a certain, you know, almost realism to that film, uh, in a lot of ways. And that definitely affected me. She's always been kind of one of my favorite creepy kids. I think also because it's, it's, it's a short scene, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. if you, you can overplay the creepy kid thing very fast, very quickly in a film. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to throw that one out there. Very good. Very good. Walshy, what about you? I, I think you said you didn't think they're very scary either. Yeah. I kind of, yeah, I, well, I don't think that's fair. Now, now that I'm actually thinking about it and looking at kind of the list of um, creepy children in horror movies. And it, it, like if it, a lot of the times, like the omen, like if the movie's based off one kid or a certain uh, group of children, I don't know. It just doesn't really um, it doesn't affect me as as creepy. And I think that's mainly the folk, the performance. I know I know you could you could argue that many of them are great performances, but I think there's more that. Um, you could tell this is a child acting. It, it doesn't have the same emotion many of the times as obviously that in the Dulka pull off. That's just me though. But if I was going to pick one that, you know, really got me, uh, it always, it always goes back to a movie that freaks me out all the time. And that's pet cemetery gauge, mm. uh, gauge when he comes back, man. And he looks like that painting. Uh, and you know, the way he's talking in that voice, just something's off about him. And the, it's more what he does physically with that scalpel, Mm-hmm. To poor Herman Munster, uh, that that <laughs> wrecked me. That wrecked me when I was a kid watching that. Um, my mother still cries when she sees that movie. By uh, as a side note, because she said I looked like his exact twin when he gets hit by that truck. So I wasn't allowed near a road <laughs> till I was like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, um, that and of course I'm probably stealing everybody's Reagan. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's mine. I mean, there's there's that's the pinnacle of it for me. Um, so yeah, that, that would be it. That would be it for me. So why don't we have uh, Susan? <laughs> well, that's so funny. What's yours? Cause while she and I always have, like, I feel like, I don't know, our horror souls are very similar vibe they or whatever. They definitely are. Because my number one is Reagan and the Exorcist. Um, anybody who knows me for five minutes knows that that is my all-time scariest movie. I was seriously, as a kid, when I saw it, I thought, am I going to get possessed just by watching this movie? Like, it really has... I could a, see that happening. The, yep. pra- the practical effects in the movie and her performance and everything, it's just a little too real for me. I don't know. I mean, I know watching it now is a little different, but honestly, like, I have PTSD. It's still scary to me. Um, so that's my number one. And my number two is your number one, which is Gage Pet Cemetery, because like he did, there's, like you said, there's just something, it's like his eyes. I don't know. That kid gave like the greatest 
performance. If I was that kid's mother, I'd be like, we're going to have to put you up for adoption now. Like, <laughs> You're not coming home. <laughs> you filmed that movie because that was just so creepy. And I think that creepy kids, I think it's so creepy. I, I have no children. I have never wanted children. I partially blame creepy kids in movies uh, for not wanting kids, but I'm also an only child, so I never related to them or understood their existence but um that's for another thing give come on with all the hate but i mean i'm not saying there's anything wrong with kids all right all you social justice warriors out there and keyboard warriors i'm not saying there's anything wrong with them they're just not for me like some people dogs aren't for them but they are for me so there we go uh, but i think that it's the fact that like little kids are supposed to be inherently pure and innocent mm-hmm. and and good and the idea that a kid that is born supposedly pure and innocent and good can do things with really evil and malicious intent just seems kind of like you're taking the purest of the pure and making it evil. And I think just the idea of it is really super scary for some people, AKA me. Um, yeah. Well, so- you think about, you think about like one of the original creepy kid movies, you know, the bad seed. Um, what hey, is stop that? taking my pick. Is that in the fifties? 1956. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rhoda, right? And, and yes, I mean, <clears throat> that, that movie's pretty tame by today's standards, but uh, and by the way, it got remade a couple years ago. Oh. And, and she was in it. She was it in was, it. Yeah, she was in it. And it wasn't that bad. Rob Lowe was the dad or whatever. It wasn't that bad. It was a Lifetime movie, but it was, um, you know, it was okay. But you go back to that and you go back, you know, it spawned um, – What's the other one uh, with Macaulay Culkin? Uh, the, the Good, Good Son. Son. You no, know, you're I forgot my about pick. that movie. That's actually a yeah, great steal was, in my Yeah, pick. very, very oh, good movie. Oh, man, Mark, you just ruined our next two picks. Yeah, you know, Henry, you're good. You're Henry, was, Henry was just evil, man. And, mm-hmm. and and one of the scariest things about kids is exactly what uh, Susan just said, is they're inherently supposed to be good or innocent, and we're supposed to be protecting them. So when one of them is bad no one's going to believe you mm-hmm. you know they always have the uh, the upper hand on you know oh they're abusing me or they're they're doing this and a lot of those movies like good son and bad seed you can see it's manipulation of adults you know to get their way and and that's uh you know that's pretty scary i think Go, come on in, Jerry. What were you saying? I, I took yours. I'm sorry. You took my movie and my point. <laughs> the point. One of the points I was going to make is that there's two trains of thought when it comes to evil children. There's the actual monster that's like a deformed mongoloid or potentially a possessed child. Like I would lump Reagan from The Exorcist and the children from David Cronenberg's The Brood into that category. And then there are the children that are physically normal, but they're just evil and that would include like henry from the good son and rhoda from the bad seed um to answer the question about who my favorite one is it's absolutely rhoda i'm the oldest guy here so i'm going to bring the oldest movie to the table um the bad seed i mean it's been it's been remade multiple times but nothing quite matches the palatable tension of the original 1956 movie and ultimately that's all thanks to patty mccormick's performance i mean you know she plays an eight-year-old who is as evil as your as any 20 year old you'll ever meet i mean the things that she does in that movie mark says that the movie is tame by today's standards i agree that with um 
like the uh, the look of it and like the kills might be a little tame. Rhoda is not tame. That little girl mm-hmm. is evil, probably one of the most evil children I've ever seen set to film. And it's because of how man- manipulative she is, just like Mark was saying, like when it comes to the two different uh, kinds of evil children, it's definitely um, this type, the Rhoda and Henry type that affect me more because there's nothing we can do about it. If you witness Rhoda kill someone and you try to physically restrain her, you're the bad guy. You're abusing a child. To me, that is way, as an adult in America, it is way more terrifying that I could go to jail for physically abusing a child that actually deserves it because they're evil and they're murderers and everything else when it comes to just like the little monsters like the brood i'm with mark they're just children punch them in the face i mean how many (laughs) can you take out you could probably take out a good dozen of them if you really needed to if you're an average size adult male but um so yeah it's more the human evil children that do it for me so yeah rhoda and henry have always been my favorite evil children in cinema yeah those are good and 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 also there's a difference between like I was looking at some some lists. Okay, Where, did anybody else check in any lists on the internet? You know, yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I'm yeah. looking. I'm like, okay, Carol Ann from yeah, no, no from, no, no, from no, no. she's no, not she's the scary a kid in a horror. Yeah. Film. Yes, <laughs> you know, she's just she's somebody that the horror is happening to. She's yeah. not the scary part of, of the, but, the but, like, she, but, but she is a vehicle though. When she says they're here, that's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. That is creepy, but right. But she's know, not, I know what you're saying though. It's, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like the Grady twins, the villain. <laughs> those, yes. those two chicks are Mark, scary. Please stop talking. You're taking <laughs> all my picks. <laughs> talk about it talk about it Keith. yeah hop in well we already talked about the good some which is at the top of my list and then it was going to be poltergeist but i was going to say the same thing mark was saying that it, it isn't actually that she's projecting the the creepiness she's she's just a vehicle for some of those you know key moments in the movie um, and then I was going to mention the twins from the shining and all they're doing is just standing there, but they are just creepy as hell, you know, mm-hmm. just, and I think that kind of answer Mark's question at the beginning of the episode, he was saying, they're just kids. Why are they so creepy? And it's because it's in a lot of the horror movies, it's anything that's unnatural is what yep. makes it creepy. And it's, we expect certain, you know, the innocence out of kids mm-hmm. uh, or to act a certain way but when they, you know, project this you know evil presence or yeah. uh character uh, that's what makes it you know creepy you, you 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 nailed it uh when you said the unnatural it's unnatural that, that's right. unnatural and and uh before we you know we're going to wrap this up and move on and 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 listeners on our on our facebook page or whatever just tell us what your uh favorite creepy kid is but let, let's talk about um real quick uh jason from Friday Thirteenth, from from the 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 first one, first okay, one. Mm-hmm. coming out of the coming out of the boat. Yeah. There you go. How about Tomas from the orphanage? Michael and, Myers. And, and come on, Sam mm-hmm. from Trick or Treat. <laughs> well, I, I get. We think he's a child. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's in. He's, he's in Halloween the form. Itself. He's in yeah. the form of a child. Yes. yes I'll is. go with that. Yes. 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 He is. Um, Mercy and Jonas from the Witch. Creepy kids. Uh, even though they're sure. not really. Um, let's let's uh, the village of the damned. Yeah, come on, the, oh, yeah. those kids. That's another from the 1960. I, I actually kind of like the 1960 version more yes. than I do uh, John Carpenter's remake. I'm sorry, 
Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's just better. A... You don't yeah. have to apologize. It's better. Yeah. Um, come on. Malachi, he wants you too, Malachi. Children of the corn. That was another one I was yes. going to mention. Yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. to mention it. Yeah, and let's not talk about the fact that there's 27 sequels to Children of the Corn and none of them are <laughs> <look> good. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> yes, but the original one, come on. Come on. How about, how about uh, the, the one of the newer ones, The Prodigal? What, what did you guys oh, think of that prod- one? Oh, the prod- I like The Prodigy a lot. Yeah, or Prodigy. Prod- 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 yeah, I was surprised. I said it wrong. Sorry. No, that's all right. No, The Prodigy got ripped up and down i enjoyed the movie the thing about the movie the thing about the movie is it's a good movie but like they give it away okay at the at the very beginning like you know there's no mystery you know exactly what's going on and they they should have kind of they went led you along they they went the hitchcock route where the audience is already aware of what's going on it's just we're you know, we're we're feeling tension Locking for the characters on the screen, like oh, what's yeah. going to happen now? You know, type thing. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I I personally would prefer making the reveal a little bit later in the film, but I still think the Prodigy was a lot better than critics uh, yeah. made it out to be. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. With uh, you I'm going to check that one out. Please, I, I, I yeah. keep forgetting about yeah. it. Yeah, I got to check that it's, out. It's definitely worth it. It's and then uh, there was, Sam Santi, wasn't a big fan as a dissenting backbone. voice. <laughs> the what? The what, Vince? I said I wasn't a big fan as a dissenting voice. Ah, I haven't seen it either, so well, it's I'll definitely you know it's definitely it's not a purchase worthy then, Vin. <laughs> Is that what you're I trying just, to say? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I just thought it was better than I thought it was gonna be because yeah, when yeah. I saw the trailer, I thought, okay, another creepy kid movie. But mm. I, I thought that it, it was different enough. It's not it, definitely not the most original thing. Think about uh. Uh, Denzel Washington's Fallen. It's very yeah. similar to that movie, as far uh, you well, know. The just, it has that it has that lazy trope where you just throw an expert into the film that will explain everything. Oh, we um, and it happens so out of left field in that movie. It's true. <laughs> I'm and like, wow, somebody somebody knows something that they can just explain the entire plot. I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, no mystery. Uh, <laughs> but to me, that, that's the thing that that movie was missing was the mystery, and and mm-hmm. but I, I also think. I agree with with Jerry. I I don't think it, it's you know trash and terrible like people are saying. It's an entertaining movie. Does it reinvent the wheel? Does it like make the horror genre s- stop and take notice because it's something that's never been seen before? No, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't. But you know, you could do a lot worse in 2019. It's a very middle of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Um, Let's go. Um, let's see who else we got here. Uh, we're not even going to get into Sam from the Babadook because he's uh, oh. so uh, so annoying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you ever see uh, the, the movie <laughs> Joshua? Yes, from 2012, I think, or 2006? I don't remember what year, but it I've was, never uh, seen it. 2007. I'm sorry, 2007. Yes, yeah. I have seen that. Yep. That's another, you know. Um, really evil kind of kid that mm-hmm. no one really believes is evil because he, he he's real smart. I, I think that's the one I'm thinking about. Um, th- about um, the kid from Insidious. Yep. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So there's there's a ton. Uh, Lily from Mama, who has yep. kind of like the, but uh, and and then one of the most brutal <laughs> movies that has to do with kids is the Children. Yeah, have you seen really the children? Great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is basically a Christmas a Christmas movie, right? Exactly. What? Yeah, it takes place at Christmas and, yeah. and wait, uh, wait, wait. What year is that from? This is in, it's in the two thousands. Has anybody checked on the children? I don't, 
I've never. <laughs> 2008. That's yeah. Good. Basically, what it is 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 these people are gathering together. You know, all their kids are are out playing or whatever, and it's in several couples, right, uh, around the holidays, and the kids just kill everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember what the heck it's about. Like why, <laughs> but they just start knifing the parents, and mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's it's. Um, like a Christmassy type thing. It's horror in the snow. It's creepy kids. So yeah, if you haven't seen the children, you need to check that out because it's uh it's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, how about Esther from Orphan? Uh, mm. That's I a tough one. Was... I like. I mean, that. She, she's a good performance, but once you get the reveal, you realize yeah. she doesn't really fit the category. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's as, the only yeah. problem. Yeah. But up <laughs> until that point, I think she up until that check. point she pulls yeah. it off. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And then the uh, the ghost girl in uh, Stir of Echoes, she's she's uh, any <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I, everybody always tells me it's not very good, so I never watched it. Stir what? of Echoes, that's a really good no, movie. That is hard. a good movie. Yeah, they're the first, they're literally the first ones to tell me I should watch it. So. Yeah, you, you yeah, should. Watch I it. like ghost Echoes. films. It's very good. It's, All right, it's, I'll a, check it it's out. a ghosty slash murder mystery type. You know, I don't know if it would be straight horror. But uh, there's some. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a yeah. murder mystery thriller with horror elements. So I mean, based yeah. on a Richard Matheson novel. I mean, it's yeah. oh, I'm sold stuff, yeah. right there. Love that. Yeah, Matheson. you need to watch it. Don't bother watching the sequel. There's a story. no. I I usually don't. <laughs> once the once the bacon leaves, you don't need. <laughs> uh, I want to throw an honorable mention that I think Mark mentioned on a previous episode. The others. Yes, the others. Oh Absolutely. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you find those kids creepy? Well, they're ghosts. <laughs> God, yeah, but they, I never found, I never like was scared of them. <laughs> well, that's the I thing. I mean, they, they were really victims throughout the, the entire thing. Yeah, the one line, the one, uh, but she, what is it? I, I am your daughter. daughter. I yeah, am your like daughter. Yeah, that was yeah, creepy. that was creepy at the time. Yeah, and then awesome. another. Uh, this is a pretty underrated movie starring Renee Renee Zellweger. Is uh, Case Thirty Nine? Yes. You yeah. ever see that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty creepy. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, she I mean, dri- she drives me crazy though. I don't know. There's just something about her. I'm just not. I mean, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, did you she have you at hello? No, no, she did, and and she's won awards and all that. And I'm sure she's you know a fabulous actress and everything. But for whatever reason, she just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. My bad. But I saw the movie and like I thought the movie was pretty good. But I, it was hard for me to just get past her. I don't know. Maybe it's that she's always got to make that like weird wide crying face I, I i don't know there's well, just something make, she can't make that face anymore she's had too much botox <laughs> oh really i don't know oh, yeah she doesn't even look like renee yeah Zellweger. she doesn't look like she doesn't have that sour face anymore no, she, she looks like she looks like janae zellweger i don't know it's not <laughs> it's not her anymore i don't know who it is um what about the kid in devil's backbone the ghost kid there what was his oh, name yes. santi or something yeah Santee. him He's creepy, and, and then all the you know the grudge, the yeah, little kid that? with with the baby powder all Toshio. over him. Yeah, yeah. Toshio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, of course uh, Samara from the Ring. Yeah, and what about most recently uh, Luke from Better Watch Out, another Christmas story with an evil kid. Yes, yes. And this kid, yeah. I mean, this kid is beyond evil. I mean, he's very evil and woo! and smart too. Smart. <laughs> yes, intelligent. Yes. So so unsettling. It's like yeah. Norman Norman Bates Jr. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of them, and, and like I said, some people uh, flock to these movies and they they really think they're 
you know, really, really scary. And I would say, honestly, the only one that I find really, really scary, you know, uh, are, are the Grady twins and Reagan, the exorcist. I like all those other movies, Hmm. you know, but something that scares me, those are the two, uh, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, creepy kids don't really scare me. Like I said, the situation is scary in the yeah. sense that you can't do anything about it if they're a normal human child. But yeah, not, I want to not... say, does Vin know what the very first creepy kid movie was? Oh, to my knowledge, it's the Bad Seed. Um, I don't know of an earlier one than that. Okay, but, um, that's your homework. <laughs> I, I, I since, just did it since you're the brain. <laughs> Since you're the brain of the horror cast, we're going to have to assign you homework. (laughs) All right, guys, we've we've talked enough about creepy kids, so let's get into the movies, okay? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's start off with our first review, and we're going to go with our older film. Once again, this is our third warning. We are spoiling this film. And Mark has picked Alice, Sweet Alice from 1976. Its original title was Communion, which goes pretty well with the movie. It has a, a rated R, a runtime of one hour and 38 minutes, considered a horror mystery thriller. And it was released on November 13th, 1976 in the United States. It holds a 6.5 out of 10 star review with a little over 8,000s on IMDb. And it stars Linda Miller as Catherine Spages. Is that how you say it? Yes. Go with that. Okay. Mildred Clinton as Mrs. Tridoni. Uh, Paul Shepard as Alice Spages. Niles McCaster as Dom Spages. We got Jane Lowry as Aunt Annie DiLorenzo. We got Father Wilrich as... I'm sorry. I messed that up. Rudolph Wilrich as Father Tom. And then you got to say Brooke Shields, man, as Karen Spages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this this movie was my first viewing, too. Uh, what do you say, Mark? You have the synopsis? I do have the synopsis. And I, I did want to say that this was also re-released in 1981 after Brooke Shields blew up uh, mm-hmm. under the title Holy Terror. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Awful. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of marketed it like Brooke Shields was like, you know, was Alice, and she was all, you know, they they kind of sexualized it. It was pretty pretty rough if you look at the the trailer. But uh, basically, you have a 1961 suburban New Jersey, and that's that's where it was filmed too, Patterson, New Jersey. Uh, A withdrawn adolescent girl is suspected of the murder of her younger sister during her first communion. And a series of subsequent stabbings. Yeah, so that is the synopsis. Why don't we roll the trailer? Let's go. Alice was too old to play with dolls and too young to make love. Brooke Shields, as you've never seen her before. She was too beautiful to play with boys and too young to play with men. So Alice began to play with death. She's made a repeated request that the kids see a psychiatrist. She has a knack of making things look like accidents. No more dolls, no more toys. Alice only plays 
with bodies. It's too late to save her. Unnatural love and unnatural death. Okay, and we're back. And I forgot to mention the director was Alfred Soul, which was also part writer with Rosemary Ridvo. Um, and so let's get into our first impressions. And I'll I'll just kick it off i guess believe it or not guys this is the first time i've ever seen this film i know that it has been talked about as a cult favorite a cult classic and just recently a big push because of the beautiful arrow video label doing a complete package release on it and you made me buy it because you picked it to review and um when i hear so much about certain movies i know when most of the horror community especially um cult favorites i tend to love them Mm -hmm. and boy am i glad i bought that so just heads up guys buy the arrow release uh and it is limited it is a limited edition they usually run for a year or two before they stop pressing them so you got time by the uh, way by the way this is streaming on amazon prime it is not a good transfer. Oh, okay. There's, no, it's not. You know, it, it, nope. it's like VH quality. Oh, is and, it? And if you go on YouTube and you look at um, Arrow has a little video and they mm-hmm. show like all the side restoration. Man, I want that that the, that mm-hmm. Blu-ray so badly. Because I'd have to it, gift it to you. It's going to be, it's a completely different experience. Well, I tell you what, it was amazing. And the, I, I can't say... Um, what the original, what, what what version on Amazon Prime had the Prime Video, but you you know Arrow does not do bad restorations above anything, not supplemental features, uh, artwork, none of that. When it comes to the look of the film and the sound, they always nail it. You know, so uh, this it's a must purchase. But first impressions, oh, oh wow, I don't know how I missed this. I really don't know how I missed this. Uh, I am very happy that you picked it, Mark. Uh, so I just watched it for the first time the other day, and I actually rewatched it, which I never really do. Even when I'm reviewing a movie, I try and just keep my original thoughts on paper. But, um, man, I- I'm glad you picked it. So that- that's my first impressions. Okay, so let's bring in Susan. What were your first impressions? Okay, so my first impressions were I I saw part of the movie years ago. And I every time somebody would say, have you seen it? I'm like, yeah, I think I have. But I really had not. I mean, I I know parts of it were familiar, but I I didn't remember. So seeing it this time, there were so many, I don't know. And I don't try to watch movies with this in mind, but I will just pick up on shout outs to other films or, you know, like a precursor to other films where they, you know, played off of that, things like that. I mean, there were just so many things about it that I liked because I don't know, I guess those kind of some of those seventies, maybe it's my Halloween thing. Cause you know, slightly obsessed with Halloween, the franchise, but primarily the first one, um, that there's something about that kind of atmosphere that, you know, mid seventies, you know, the exorcist and Halloween and stuff like that, that this movie really 
struck a chord with me. It's just kind of, I don't know, those movies just feel really unsettling to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoyed it. And um, I also am not Catholic. I want to put that on record. But I did have to go to Catholic school for four years. And we won't talk about that. But um, <laughs> it, was, it was relatable in certain aspects. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, in just seeing, you know, how things worked and whatnot. And I just thought they did it really well. So I, my first impression was that it did compare and hold up to some of the others from that era that... I really enjoyed. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Vin, what were your first impressions? Um, I've been wanting to talk about this film since I first saw it a couple years ago now. Um, but I mean, it, I was, I was surprised by how engaging the story and visuals were. Um, but you know, Susan just mentioned, uh, Catholicism and those images and themes, they definitely, you know, they brought my own upbringing, which was Catholic light. Um, which, you know, kind Lutheran? of consisted. Wait, Lutheran? What's that? No, Lutheran? Catholic. No, you said Catholic light. Everybody yeah. always calls Lutheran Catholic light. I oh, have no okay. idea. Okay. Well. I, I, I don't, I don't. That's not what I meant, but yeah. I don't know. And no, this is no, no hate. I just putting it out to all the listeners. I have, I have no problem with anyone's religion. I've probably had friends and gone to, uh, uh different, uh, you know, all types of religious places and everything everything's fine, but I'm just saying that I have heard people who are Lutheran refer to them as being Catholic light. So when you said that, I was like, wait, does that mean you're, <laughs> does that mean you were Lutheran? <laughs> no, I don't know. I just, uh, no, what I mean by it is it, you know, my upbringing consisted mainly of occasional mass on holidays. And I went to CCD, uh, you know, catechism, at least until I got my first communion. Um, my father's family was all Catholics, so of course, weddings, funerals, that kind of stuff. They were always in cathedrals and churches, you know, Catholic, uh, you know, uh, with all the all the imagery that goes along with it. Um, mm-hmm. When I was in Rome in 2007, I had audience with Pope Benedict. Um, so, you know, I, I still have some Catholic fascination, even though I, I pretty much left the faith when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, not only the Catholic imagery drew me in, um, there was also these themes of divorce and guilt and people not being able to live up to unrealistic expectations. And one of the main reasons that that drew me in was because of my own family history, which reminded me of the film. Um, my mother was raised Catholic by her mother, but my grandfather was Protestant. Um, and yeah. my, my grandmother, uh, she actually used to work as a secretary for Bishop Fulton Sheen back in the 1950s. And he was considered one of the pioneers of televangelism, uh, became archbishop. He's buried in St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. Um, while that was going on, my grandfather, uh, he was raised by North Irish Protestants who had some pretty extreme uh, anti-Catholic prejudices. You know, and they used to tell him, if you bring a Catholic girl home, we'll disown you. Um, so naturally, after his first marriage failed, he did just that. He brought home my grandmother. Um, and they ended up accepting her. But the church was not as his understanding as they were, unfortunately. Uh, for marrying a divorced Protestant, my grandmother was excommunicated from the church. Uh, and despite this, she tried to raise her kids Catholic. Um, and it really didn't stop the priest from coming around to lecture them about the evils of birth control. Uh, so my grandfather, he said he threw him out of the house. And I take that to mean literally, cause that's kind of the way my grandfather was. Um, and unfortunately when my mother was, you know, seven years old, my grandmother died of a brain aneurysm. Um, and my grandfather fought hard to have her buried in a Catholic cemetery and they finally agreed, but the compromise was they wouldn't allow a headstone. 
So my grandfather and my uncle snuck into the graveyard one night and put one there. Um, and it's still there with now both of them beneath it. Uh, but, you know, this is, of course, a story that I heard from my grandfather. So um, he wasn't prone to lying at all, but I, I might have had some mis- misinterpretation here and there. But when I think about my own family, what was going on with them right in the late 50s, and I look at what's going on with Alice's parents in the movie um, in 1961, which is when it's supposed to take place, um, it really kind of reminds me of, you know, the the divorce, the, the guilt, um, you know, all those themes that I kind of... I, you, and they would have been in New York City, not you know just right across the river, basically from where this was being filmed. Um, so it, it it reflected a lot of my own family history in a lot of ways. Um, sorry, that was kind of long winded, but uh, you know that's it, that's one of the things that really struck me the first time I saw it. No, it's, I mean that's awesome that it, you know you can get uh, that deep into it and connect to a film uh, that way. I mean that's uh, there are a lot of religious uh, imagery. In this, a lot of religious imagery in this movie, mm-hmm. and and I think a lot and it's of authentic uh, feeling too. Yeah, and I think a lot of uh, there was was this a video nasty, a thing no. beca- because um, um, well, it's I think it said it wasn't prosecuted for obscenity, but the film was seized and confiscated in the UK uh, under Section Three of the Obscene Publications Act, nineteen fifty nine during the video nasty panic because it was due um, to his apparent anti-Catholic themes. So, uh, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily that, you know, this was too bloody or too whatever, but it was just anti-church, anti-Catholic. And, uh, you know, I, I could see that, but I mean, you look at the, the motivation of the killer. I mean, (laughs) I mean, first of all, she's obsessed with the priest or whatever, but she thinks everybody, you know, is a sinner. Everybody can't live up, you know, to, to what they're supposed to be. And, you know, you're not going to give me communion, but you'll give it to the whore. You know, I mean, there's just, uh, there is a lot of a theme of guilt in in this movie. And um, yeah, I'm glad I picked it as well, because I, I can't believe that you never saw this wall. She, this, this is a Dude, it was one on my wall forever, forever, and I, yeah. it, you know how that happens once in a while, and yeah, yeah, you're like how, how did I miss this? Well, I'll tell you, one of the movies that uh, is still on my, I, I can't believe I haven't seen this, is a movie that was borrowed heavily from, and that's Don't Look Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah, they, they yep. yeah, and, and the, you know, is the mask similar? Kind of. I yeah. mean, the, the mask here is kind of see-through. The other one is a little yeah. different. Yeah, Alfred Soul is, is very open that that mm-hmm. that movie influenced this. Yeah, I don't think the, um, I don't, was there. I don't think there was a mask necessarily. Don't look now. Was there? Um, I don't, no, I, I don't know. I've never seen the raincoat in the distance, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the mask is, I think, you know, uh, unique to uh, Alice Sweet Alice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I definitely need to. Uh, to see don't look now but uh yeah this movie is when i was watching it today i watched it again today just you know to refresh because i've seen it probably five or six times it's very 70s it's very 70s yeah that's one of my things i wrote very very it almost even though it's set in the 60s uh it's uh, and the reason that they they did the uh, the setting in the sixties and nineteen sixty one is is because of the um, the divorce situation 
They oh, want wow. it, you know, in 61, it would have been like Vin said, it would have been, you know, anathema, you know, to be divorced if you're a Catholic or whatever. Uh, by, by 1976, 77, they had kind of leaned a little bit, you know, uh, on that, but it's very, very, uh, seventies and, and some of the editing is a little choppy and some a lot uh, more palatable, very like, I mean, I wouldn't say grindhouse, but very like Saturday afternoon TV movie, you know. That's stop. the exact thing I wrote down, Phil's TV movie. Uh, the way, I mean, there's a lot of really great smart shots in it, I think, and a lot of cool angles, but it just got that vibe. It's the first thing that hops out to me is the 70s yeah. vibe. Yeah, which is very unique, and that's what made that's actually a reason I liked it. I liked the mm-hmm. the way it you know it, it it captures that whole time period. Yeah. Now I want to know, uh, Mister Mister uh, Creepy Captain Creepy over here. He just got finished watching this. Uh, oh, literally cool. before he, we started. Yeah, he he was bringing it down to the finish line. Nice. So, <laughs> we won't so get I'm into interested. all the details. I'm good. I'm going to go. Hold on, my microphone's breaking up. It's. <laughs> Uh, I'm having problems. Hold on. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he did not like this movie. But <laughs> oh no! I'm just, but I'm just gonna go there. So go ahead, creepy. All right, first impressions. I'm hearing everybody's love, and I'm just going. Uh, uh, can we pass? Uh, go ahead, Mr. Venom. You can go ahead and say what you gotta say about it. Uh, first impressions is yes, this was the first time I watched it. Uh, very. Uh, uh, it made me think of the show. The kids are all right, but a lot less. Uh, Comedy, funny. <laughs> less funnier, uh, more stabbing, more children on fire in a box, uh, <laughs> kind of Brady Bunch esque. It does but, feel it. <laughs> yeah, and like Mark said, the the choppy editing, uh, it even the, the one part with the uh, the overweight guy downstairs will be PC about it. it had a very John Waters esque feel mm-hmm. to it to me. Yeah. It was that was the only thing that was that just the whole pedophile type thing going on i was just like this is very john waters not saying he's a pedophile but but you know yeah it it definitely has a rough edge to it there's there's a lot of but i could see the cult following with it and what susan said about the whole 70s nostalgia slashers i could see that yeah yeah and this is actually considered a proto slasher it's not necessarily um you know credited with kind of being a slasher uh, uh gotcha you know, so it kind of paved the way for, you know, say 78 is Halloween, which is technically by a lot of people considered the first modern slasher. But, but you know, we also had Black Christmas before it. And, um, you know, even some people think Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the first quote unquote slasher. But, you know, this this I would throw this in there with the proto slashers. But did, did Jerry, did you uh, come in and say what you thought? No, sir. Come on in. All right. Well, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to tell you much about my first impressions because I saw this almost 40 years ago for the first time. I didn't quite see it in 1976. I probably saw it in like 79, 80 when I was about eight or nine years old. And as a child, it definitely terrified me. Um, 
I, I've just always loved the aesthetic of this film, that whole 70s aesthetic, which has obviously already been discussed by Mark and uh, Susan. Uh, I love the look of the film. I love the look of the blood in this film, even though there's not as much as I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely like the basic storyline. It's a cool little whodunit. Um, the reveal comes a little early for my taste, but that's okay. Cause, um, mm-hmm. cause what they do with the film after the reveal still works. Um, the ending still works. It's still a very, it, even for a 1976 film, I still feel like this ending is mildly shocking even by today's oh. standards. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. When and, and at the time. Tom- when yeah, Father mildly, Tom gets yeah. stabbed in the neck, I was mm-hmm. like, "That's brutal." Yeah. <laughs> communion. I don't have any of like the religious upbringing stories that some of you guys had because um, you know my parents were the black sheep uh, in the sense that my family was Catholic, but I mean we didn't really practice anything necessarily. I'm a heathen, I know, but um, so the religious. Um, like imagery in the movie didn't really do as much for me. Um, you know, as far as taking me back a little bit, um, I still appreciate it. I think it looks great. Um, but for me, this movie is about its performances. I mean, Alice, uh, you know, the sister, Mrs. Tredoni, I, I just feel like their performances, um, really, really drive the story forward and make it a pleasurable experience for me. Um, I understand the choppy editing that Mark is talking about. Um, I'm actually watching the Amazon Prime cut of this right now as we speak. And yeah, there's some, you know, there's some weird lines in it. I, mean, I don't I don't think it's quite VHS. It looks like it's one of those cheap DVDs that mm. might have been ripped from like an original film reel. So yeah, it's a yeah. film reel. I looked I just looked it up. Yeah, oh, there's no yeah. doubt it's a film reel. So, uh, so yeah, I definitely, I haven't seen the Arrow release, but I'm sure, you know, it looks amazing. Um, you know that. We're actually up to the scene where Mr. Doni is uh, killing the fat guy right now, which I, I think is hysterical. <laughs> I couldn't wait for that to happen. <laughs> like when he's like, he's like uh, dragging himself back into the room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Smashes onto the uh, the fish tank or the fish yeah. bowl. But, you know, I, I agree with you, man. The, the performances in the movie uh, there, there are two that stand out to me. Uh, Paula Shepard as Alice, mm-hmm. who, who, by the way, again, I've said it, uh, was 19. I didn't and, know that. Until oh, you yeah. just said that before. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. Uh, they said that <laughs> she's like in this little schoolgirl outfit, and sometimes she's got pigtails, and she's playing this 12-year-old, and, and they'd say cut, and she'd light up a cigarette. <laughs> 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 People were like, well, what are you doing? You know, but she does look young. She doesn't look well, yeah. 12. She looks 12. Does she? Okay. I would say she probably looks probably around 14. Yeah, but, yeah she's definitely but, young. Yeah. She looks way young, uh, and she was only in one other movie ever, and that wow. was something in, in uh, 1981, and now she, she's retired and married and with a kid and living. All off. that money from our sweet Alice. Yeah, but, but <laughs> she, cigarettes. she is one of the creepiest kids. Just kind of the look, the looks that she gives yeah. and like the manipulation and how she like treats the, uh, the big guy. What's his name again? I forget his name. Uh, D bag. Alfonso. Alfonso D. Pedophile. That's his D name. Bag. Yes. Who, who, for some reason, can you just tell me what is the stain? Dude, don't even get me. I literally wrote this guy has piss in his pants. Yep. I, I don't <laughs> even know if that's B. I'm, I'm not like sure. That. what it is. 
I don't want to know what that is. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But think about it. I mean, her performance, the performance of of Mrs. Tredoni, right? Yeah, she's great. Mildred Clinton. She's great. She's the Uh standout to me. Now, I I think think that everybody else is a little over the top. Yeah. Oh, they're a little hammy at times, yeah. With the mom over the top. The daggone uh, ant is so <laughs> yes, tough. I wanted to, Dude, to just punch in the her hospital the when she's yeah. screaming. <laughs> I just wanted to shove that daggone IV bag down her throat. Um, even Brooke Shields, she's not that great of an actress, right there. I mean, she's. I mean, what is she in? I don't know, but she's just like, Mommy, Alice has my way. <laughs> I just wanted to, like, oh, you know, I, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to stuff it in a box and light it on fire. What? Wait, <laughs> I was saying, was you just doing Gene Stapleton? Oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but here's the thing. Can we, talking about Brooke Shields, she loved that doll. Can we talk about the moment of the full reveal of that doll? Did you guys notice? Yeah, Much it, later it, on, it's it got like faces. two two creepy heads in one, and it has weird. Like, yeah, ah. a couple heads on it. Yeah, it's very creepy. Like, it goes like, on to star in Happy Death Day. Right? I, I thought tell. it was four. Yeah, <laughs> is, is it the kind of the, like does it does it twist? It's like I mean, uh, creepy, creepy dolls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think you twist the head. Yeah, but creepy creepy dolls don't really bother me. But I mean that come on, and that was supposed to be like her coveted doll that she mm-hmm. loves so much. Mommy, get my doll back! And yeah. then we see it, and I'm like, wait, what? What are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't you don't you want a cabbage patch or something? Well, that's not coming. That's, that's <laughs> ten. That's ten years from yeah. then. But uh, Raggedy Ann, there you go. Yeah, something. Annabelle, get a little Annabelle going on. <laughs> yeah. Now, now definitely Alice. Was a bit of a biatch, okay? Oh, yeah. She was a bit of a budding psychopath, or I don't know what's a sociopath, yeah. but um, because she treated her little sister like crap, and oh, uh, no, I, I love the I love that good uh, jump scare where she's got the two masks on. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I I forgot about that. She takes the the clear mask off and she's still got that hag mask on yeah, that creepy old underneath uh, which we didn't we didn't see um you know going forward but but it foreshadowed the killer yes way, it did you know? you know think about that yeah yeah the yeah. hag is the killer yep but uh, spoiler but uh <laughs> yeah I, there's just something about her performance that i really i really enjoyed uh, it, it, it was it's almost like um you know, uh, in Gladiator, what's the uh, the emperor's name? Joaquin oh. Phoenix. Joaquin yeah, Phoenix. Which is it? I mean, when 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 you do a role so good that you like, like I think I hate Joaquin Phoenix. Oh yeah, <laughs> as a person. As oh, a person. I absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I know what you, you mean. You know, I yep. think I hate Paula Shepard. Yep. I think you know. I mean, <laughs> that's the kind of performance it is. Like I don't. I don't like you. I mean, this Please might be him. the real you, uh, <laughs> but you know, calling the guy fatso, and of course he was a pedophile, and then you know, snapping kittens' necks, know. Um, which was cut out of a couple of the. Uh, oh, um, was it? A yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a. Uh, there was a couple of scenes that were kind of cut. Uh, there's like a 70, 78 minute 
cut of this movie somewhere. But but they keep the okay, priest but... getting the uh, neck jabbed with a knife, but the cat can't. Yeah, oh. well, well, I'm confused though because there is a scene towards the end when she's killing, when she's gonna kill him. Um, the door flies open and you see that exact kitten sitting on the couch. So I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, oh. I didn't think that she yeah. actually killed the thing. No, yeah, she yeah, did. I think yeah, because you can hear him screaming, "You killed my baby." Uh, as she's out the door, I'm oh, when she threw it or something at, at one, right? Yeah, yeah. She had it. She had it by the neck. Yeah, and it's she did. I mean, you think about that. If you do that hard with a kitten, it snapped its neck. Yeah, yeah. Kittens are oh, yeah. fragile, and she threw it on the ground, killed it. Yeah, he yeah. Was, that's right. I'm remembering him yelling now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it was uh, pretty, pretty. I was kind of shocked. Like, I don't remember that part, but that was kind of cool. I'm sorry for all the kitten lovers out there. I love cats, but it, 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 it's a movie. That's it's right. A movie. That's right. No kittens were killed or harmed in the making of this movie. I can guarantee it because it looked like a uh, a little uh, stuffed animal. She was hey, holding. Hey, you got to grab him by the kitten. That's, That's right. all I'm saying. Jesus. <laughs> Thank Wrong you. Pod. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> Who was that? Was that? Creepy Keith. There's yeah, a of reason. Course, why, of course. There's a reason why they call you Creepy Keith. <laughs> when he comes I, in, it's for something. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the one that checks the email box. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What else? Very, Anything else that people? I, I was just very, very, very surprised at how how much I enjoyed this film. Like I said, I never rewatched a second time, and I did. Um, uh, I I I don't know. I grew up also the same way. Not to just rehash the story, but you know, altar boy until I was at, like growing facial hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was an altar boy forever. I, all that stuff, it just has a, a more personal uh, feel to me because my school, I live right across the street from this Catholic school I grew up in. The, it, it looks like um, the exact same interior and all that stuff just made it feel, I don't know, I guess I, I got a more personal vibe with this movie and I'm shocked that I've never seen it. I really, really enjoyed it and I will be watching this again. Well, I mean, this yeah. film, it it oozes with Catholicism. Yeah, the, <laughs> you know? from beginning to end, um, you're right. I mean, there's, it, it's really, I mean, you know, at certain points he kind of deals with the uh, the hypocrisy of religion, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Miss Tredoni's a murderer, but she's very religious and she thinks that, you know, her guilt is absolved if she goes to confession, right? The fat landlord, who's this obvious pedophile, he has crosses in Catholic iconogra- iconography all over, all over his yep. apartment, you know? Yep. Um, and Alice's mother and father, they kind of go through the church practices, but they don't seem to let it really guide their sexual decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And they're still having sex, like, af- you know, as divorcee at, at wedlock and everything like that. Um, you know, it's not just that, but, you know, there is iconography obsession, because you have the religious iconography at the priest's home, but then Alice kind of has her own macabre altar and this mm-hmm. kind of reliquary in the basement yeah. that's kind of this imitation of a Catholic one. And then I noticed when you go into the police department, there's a portrait of JFK, you know, who was president at the time, you know, the movie is set. Um, so he's this kind of secular icon. And then there's nude pinups, you know, where there's kind of yeah. these objects of their own worship. Right. And even the doctor they go to, she has these credentials on the wall and surrounded by children's artwork. It just kind of seemed like there's this tendency in these characters to create iconography and to create altars um, that represent things. Um, But at the same time, even when he's kind of playing with Catholicism, he kind of makes it look 
dirty almost you know mm-hmm. yeah. um, I mean, first of all yeah, and he opens with a girl praying right mm-hmm. in the communion veil and then she lifts across and there's a blade but yeah. i'm even thinking you know when the people are getting the communion at the end um their mouths are all agape and you know accepting the wafers and soul makes it somehow look so vulgar and gross yeah as they're yeah. taking the communion especially um, with alice yeah yeah it's, yeah it's almost it's like this sick eroticism and she's obsessed yeah. with, with with you know with the the veil with um, yeah. you know, with her altar, with receiving the host, uh, it's it's very. You, you guys mentioned the doll. I I, saw, I thought I had three faces, and I almost I thought, thought with four. all the things that are going on, I almost wonder if it was like the Holy Trinity or something like that. Um, oh, okay. Because would, there was yeah. so much religious, yeah. you know, uh, being played with. Even when Miss Chardoni, when she's fa- cradling Father Tom's body at the end, it's like the Pieta, you know, where Mary's cradling yep. Jesus. Yeah, it's yep. in the yeah, same pose. Famous. I mean, it's. Yep. Yep. Like I yeah. said, it's like every inch of this movie is somehow, you know, that's, a, that's perfect channeling right? this stuff. That's perfect because well, my my personal experience going to Catholic church and being inside for that long and being a Catholic all this, I'm not anymore. But anyway, um, the hypocrisy mm-hmm. and I'm not saying I'm not do not take that the wrong way, listeners, because there's a lot of good Catholics out there. Doesn't matter what what you believe, but. You know, you're reading one thing, and and I saw from the inside a lot of things that, you know, it's complete opposite of what you're supposed to be uh, living for, and and your faith is about. So I think this filmmaker really tapped into that. And Vin, you ba- you basically blew it open there. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, you know, I had. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I oh, I was just gonna say I had the same experience while she with uh you know. While I was in Catholic school with finding out a a couple of the people who were uh, either teachers at the school or actual clergymen were actual like pedophiles. And I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff. And it was a very strange situation where it's like, you know, you have to be a good Catholic. You have to go to church every Sunday. You have to confess. But as long as you confess, then you're good. So it's like all these kids that I went to school with kind of thought, well, it doesn't matter if I'm a mean person or if I bully right, reality, or, right. or if I do something terrible. As long as I'm going to confession on Wednesday and Sunday, it doesn't even matter. As long as I say sorry, I can get away with whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And I just found that so appalling. I was never Catholic, so I was always the outcast girl. I like couldn't go to communion. I couldn't do this or that, which was fine with me. But I got to see it then from that kind of outsider perspective of just being on the inside and observing it. And so just just like you said, it, he really brought all this stuff up to the surface, surface, which I'm sure a lot of people in the, the community probably do not appreciate, probably still to this day. But it's unfortunate. But just with any kind of community of people, there are always going to be bad seeds and bad things that happen. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's not we're not bagging on it or anything like that. We're just yeah. saying that we, no, the filmmaker nailed it. Yeah, yeah, we've witnessed yeah. it, and and he really did yeah. bring attention to it. Yeah, but, I mean, Mark, Mark had mentioned that you know he chose to set it in 1961 because of the divorce thing, you know. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's it's I think it's important to realize that that year, especially, you've got JFK, who was the first Catholic president um, in office at that time, um, where Catholicism was kind of just gaining legitimacy. You know, in American society, because there was a lot of suspicion against them. You know, people thought that papists could not be Americans because they would follow the Pope rather than the Constitution. Right. Um, but this is also right before Second Vatican Council met. Um, which, oh, okay. You know, Second Vatican Council was from 1962 to 1965. Um, so it's the year before that meets. And, you know, that was an outcome that tried to 
uh, you know, kind of transform Catholicism. You know, people can, yeah, yeah, Catholics could they could pray and have friendship with other Christian faiths. But you have to realize before that they weren't supposed to, right? Right. Languages other than Latin could be spoken for mass. I mean, that's something that Catholics take for granted these days. Um, It encouraged Catholics to actually engage with the world, um, especially in terms of social justice. Um, So, I mean. You know, it's it's on the cusp of before Catholicism starts seeing its own changes. So he's kind of like got at the last year where Catholicism was still very, in ways, you know, oppressive, um, you know, especially, you know, to you're, you're seeing characters who can't live up to the standards that yeah, they're being asked to live by. Um, so he kind of has it right before that sets off. Yeah. 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 You're right, man. Yeah. I mean, if I'll just say this, I, I'm. I'm a Christian, but I'm I'm a Protestant. I'm not. I was not raised in Catholic, you know, upbringing or any of that. But I know that if you go to any church and guilt is used to make you, you know, subservient or right. to give money or whatever, run. <laughs> exactly. No, you're exactly right, man. Okay, exactly. that's, yeah. that's yeah. not what that's not what the Bible teaches. It's not what exactly. Jesus was all about. Right. And uh, you know, so yeah, I think well, I mean, this the, is definitely yeah, definitely the, something that this is this is just coming from this guy's background. Yeah. You know, this is yeah, how man, he was he, raised. It's, it's, you know, yeah, he and, was it, and it's so right. It's so it's he he just gets it all right. You could tell he's not an outsider. You could tell he was on the inside and knew all this, and it, it translates. Yeah, he had dinner with the, the Pope when he was a kid. <laughs> Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, there you go. Okay, that makes even more sense. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of deep things in this film. Um, So, you know, this isn't, we're not going off on tangents. It all goes back to how well, uh, you know, he captured it at uh, the time, well, especially I mean, during the Catholicism. It also is kind of at root of why Alice is kind of partly the way that she is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, because, you know, Miss Tredoni calls, you know, calls the mother a whore. Uh, yeah. for getting a divorce but also you know when when the mother is talking to the sister in the hospital you know she basically t- i think i have the quote written down here yeah uh you hate her you knew i was pregnant when i got married yep. and basically her her sister has been holding it against alice her entire life because mm-hmm. she knew that she had gotten pregnant out of wedlock and then it's yeah right. maybe maybe everybody has yeah, maybe exactly. maybe the mom too, yeah. because obviously even the priest is favoring the other yeah. sister over yeah. Alice. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Everyone was fawning over Brooke Shields' yes. uh, character, but what about Alice? I mean, she's only a couple years older. She's still right. a kid. Like, whoa, is she exactly. not getting any attention? I was I was thinking, did Alice ever have a first communion? Because it didn't seem like it. You know, it yeah. seemed like she yeah, was, it was so, weird. Yeah, I want to wear the veil and I want to have the communion. Did she not have one? You know, I, I don't know. Was she not allowed because she was a, a child out of wedlock? Who knows? But there was a lot of, um, you know, built up uh, anger and jealousy uh, she had towards, you know, towards her sister and towards her parents, um, even her dad for, for leaving. You, you've got to go back to your wife, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it definitely could be, and, and there, there it goes again about, you know, wh- how, how is a, a killer created? Is it nature or is it nurture? Mm-hmm. You know, is she just a bad seed or <laughs> is she made this way because of her environment? But we, we ultimately find out that she's a victim. 
You know, I, I think that's one of the reasons why creepy kids are also an effective means in horror is because it blurs the line between are they uh, are they the monster, or are they the victim, right? Yeah. Um, because they can be both. But I mean, with her, she's she's obviously got a kid. Who, she's a kid who has problems, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, this this movie borrows elements kind of like that we would find in Jalos and stuff like that. But it's not a mystery. It's it's yeah. a it's a misdirection. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a mystery because we think that Alice is doing all these things um, that, you know, in a lot of ways, she's not. Yeah, she's treating the, you know, the, Alfonso pretty horribly, but he's a horrible guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. he, he would molest her if, you know, if she didn't uh, defend herself against this guy. Um, but ultimately, you know, it, what, what I think it has a really interesting narrative structure because it passes from Alice. Then it goes to Dom, the father. Um, unfortunately, I think you guys are talking about overacting. I think he underacts in a lot of ways. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, he does. And then it, and then the narrative passes to the mother, and then to Mrs. Tredoni. So mm-hmm. we kind of like we, it's like we're following this line with these different characters in a really interesting way. So I mean, when you guys you guys are talking about the reveal, um, you know, it is a reveal, but it's not necessarily a solving of a mystery. It's just it's like a you know it's a left turn in the in the narrative. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, why do you I mean, think? Uh, why do you guys think Alice kept the knife at the end of the movie? Oh, because she, uh, she was going to go on a killing spree. Yeah, that's what she, I, mean. I thought. I, I thought the obvious answer was just that they were going to set up a sequel for later. But obviously, there was no sequel. But even if that wasn't their intention, like, were they trying to convince us that Alice actually is as crazy as we all thought she was throughout the movie? Right. Well, I mean, is I, it that is so. it that she's so obsessed with the religious iconography that maybe she could become another Tredoni? Mm. I wonder. I don't know. Yeah, that's I mean, a good point. Put, yeah. put it this way: I, for me, I think the whole time Alice is not the one doing it, but she very easily could have been. Yeah, no, you know, yeah. the movie has you convinced that she is. Yeah, doing it. right. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. This time, <laughs> she didn't. This time, she didn't. But she was I, I think that... she very easily could could be leaning that way. Or and maybe sure. maybe Tredoni, Tredoni, Tredoni was like. Oh, I liked what she did. I mean, she maybe seeing uh, un- uh, Uncle Tom, <laughs> 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 Father Tom, uh, getting stabbed. Maybe that was like, hey, I like that, you know. But well, uh, or or do you guys think it could be that because when she quote unquote didn't do these things, and she said, "I didn't do it. I didn't do it," and no one ever believed her, and everyone thought she was so bad she took that moment to be like, oh, they think I'm bad? Okay, fine. Because all she wants is attention, they already, right? They still stink. So it's it, like, yeah. now maybe she's like, okay, now they want me to be bad? I'm going to be bad. This is how I'm going to get my attention. I don't know. That's kind of how I took it. Like, and why did she keep saying this her is what I could do. Yeah. You know how I would have ended it? Uh, her going home with her mom and taking the knife out of the bag and stabbing her mom. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That been awesome. But uh, yeah, and like I said, there there's some there's some uh, faults. This is not yeah, a it's not a movie, perfect, but it's um, a good movie. It, it is just, like I said, man. You got to look. You got to look at this as like this is kind of like that Saturday afternoon movie in in the late seventies, early eighties, and that's what this guy um, Alfred saw. He he he's moved on. He only directed one or two other movies, and he's a TV guy. I mean, he's done lots of stuff like. Um, 
like the show Castle that was on for years, or whatever. He was involved with that, and and well, you you guys had mentioned that you thought it felt like a TV movie, and I don't think I got I don't that agree. from this. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I think there's actually I some really this. stunning shots in this that are very yeah, I think, cinematic. I think that there was way too many, like especially at the well, the music is what way too many need, too many needless close ups. Right. I'm oh, like, why are you up? Why are you up in his nostrils? I don't need this side view shots. But Mark, I have a note that I thought that the tight shots, all those tight shots, were to purposely make you very uncomfortable. Yeah, that could be true. It could be and true. Because they made me very uncomfortable. They made me very unsettled. It was like we're we're so close mm. in this that you know, I Texas Chainsaw Massacre two years before this with the, yeah, the close-up of Sally's eye and everything. I guess I what I'm saying is if you look at another, you know, what's another um, horror movie from 76 or around that? Let's say The Omen. I mean, if you look at that compared to this. I mean, that's a huge production. I know yeah, it's a huge a, It's Richard Donner. But, exactly. but, but, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. But that's well, what I'm saying. There's an amateur quality one, to this. One, yes. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. See, when I mean, I look, saw at, this, look at Alfonso, and right? We usually... I mean, do you guys know how, how he met Alfonso, where this guy came from? Yes, he was in, in impersonating a priest. Yeah, he was a, he, he was hanging out. He would hang out at graveyards impersonating priests, and then people would pay him to do <laughs> prayers. And he was a bouncer at a gay bar. Like this guy is like you know he, he's this weirdo in the movie, but he was a weirdo in real life. So like wow. Alfred Soul just meets these people, you know. I mean, he was dealing with some interesting folks. I mean, even um you know the mother, um the mother is Jason Miller's wife. Yep. Uh, at the time, you know, who was in The Exorcist, um, and he, she was Jackie Gleason's daughter. It's from my uh, phone. But she, uh, you know, I guess she actually she slit her wrists on the set. Um, she didn't want anybody knowing that she was Jackie Gleason's daughter, and somehow Alfred Soul let it out. slip. And at one point, she comes running up, and she's got blood coming down her arms because she had slit her wrists because she was so upset. So she had to be hospitalized and everything. So in the movie, she's wearing these very, um, you know, tightly collared uh, shirts, you know, around I mean, yeah. you know, around her uh, tightly cuffed shirts around her her wrist to hide the. Hide the bandages, wow. um, but I mean, what you you're know, saying he, is she's he had a heck of a. She was, <laughs> yeah, she she was, you know, <laughs> she was. Yeah. A Let me get back to the TV to, uh... movie feel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just just See, real I, quick. I think I think that if people watch this for the first time now, they might get the TV movie thing. But when well, I watched this. I yeah, when I watched this in 1980, this looked nothing like a TV movie. Well, I think I think the sound is also you can That's hear the echoes in the say. room. The, yeah, I'm talking about the complete package. The mm. music was so TV movie to me that I think that even took over more of that yeah. vibe. Because I, I did I, mention that I I, th I thought it felt like a TV, not felt looked like a TV movie in, in a certain way, but I did mention that there are some really cool different shots and angles that I thought were yeah. great. I but love the, the one of a, a cap, crack photo dark. being lowered from the dark room. Yes, that's an, that's that's an amazing incredible one. shot. And also yes. Dom falling. The falling one. That oh, one yeah. was awesome. That, that's an amazing shot. And him even hanging up top, you know, the whole shot from the, yeah, the beginning yeah. of the kill to the end. Yes, the whole thing. Yes, I totally agree. But um, for some reason, the music and the sound made me think. I TV. see. Yeah. That's I, what I, I would say. I would say amateur over TV, but I, I well, understand that, what you're saying. I, I tend to put those together, so that would make yeah. sense. Yeah. I, would, I would say about half and half. There was some of the score that was really good. And oh, you like some of it? I like some of it. Mm -hmm. But yep. there, there, was, there was a little bit of it that was like, eh, this is... You know, I, I don't know. Uh, like you said, amateurish TV movie ish, but I mean, that's not, the thing. I was around. 
people like Mark Nato and myself, we were actually around in the 70s. We at least I remember what 70s TV movies look like, and they did not look as good as Alice Sweet Alice. Let me give you a little. Let me give you a little chip. too. I gotta say that. Ready? Seven Mary Tree. That's just what I felt like, you know. With some of this, it's just that's like an episode that. of Chips, that's mm. what it looked like. But I mean, yeah, like I, I said, they, were, they could have been potentially using the same kind of film stock that they were using in on TV movies at the time, because now obviously television's all video. But yeah. back then, a lot of TV was still done on film. Uh, video yeah. was actually released until the mid seventies. So yeah, I didn't want that to. I didn't want me saying that to sound like a negative thing. I sure. actually like. I actually like when things have a certain vibe or a certain feel like we do like a lot of us do with the 80s like when right. i said that i didn't mean that i was like oh i hated the part i hated that it looked like a tv movie like yeah. i think that ha that captures part of what i like about yeah. it yeah what, you know what, what i'm saying I, why i say that is because i know there are some people out there that will shut a movie off it, it just for that well we you don't know? associate with those people yeah those are <laughs> whack you know you know no, you're they're, right they're, those, not, they're, they're, they're they want something you know that looks like Christian clean or whatever. Yeah. And they, they don't have you know, the patience to, to go with something oh, that looks like it was made, you know? So, but watch this movie guys. I missed it and I, I regret it. I'm, you know, yeah. it, it's awesome. So why don't we hey, rate it? man? Yeah, let's, let's rate it. Um, so how about Keith? What is your score since you love this movie so much? <laughs> <laughs> why do I got to be the first, but come uh, on, you got it, buddy. So, what I normally do in situations like this, when it's an older movie, uh, I like to do the two rating kind of system because, you know, you, you got to forgive it a little bit for being a pioneer, if you want to put it in that cap. Anyway. A product of its time. A product of well, its I, time. Well, I feel like for people who are new to the show, they should realize that you're kind of here as a newcomer to the genre. Yeah, it's perfect. Right. right? So we're, we're these jaded people who have watched right. it way too much <laughs> our whole lives you're, you're, right, the, you're, you're the more fresh perspective of, yep. of, of yes, I, of, I actually yeah. have alice sweet alice pajamas <laughs> <laughs> that's how big of a fan i am uh, so. i have the cutlery set um in our kitchen <laughs> yeah so i would rate it like about a seven for you know it you know if i go back in a time machine i, I would probably would have been intimidated by this watching it as a kid uh but as you know now I would give it about a five point five or a six. Okay, that okay. sounds about right for for what you thought about it. All right, and, Susan, and like we said, first time watching it, and first time. That's right. Okay, Susan, what is your score? Well, I you know I don't I'm not even sure why I you know it, let me use at least attempt to use complete sentences here. Uh, the I English language, the English language is so hard. Uh, okay, I I think even though they referenced killing a kitten in it, because we all know I got an issue with that, and I don't even understand why, because it's all fake. It's all fake. Everything's fake, whether it's a person or an I don't know. I guess because animals are nice. But anyway, I digress. Um, I gave this like an eight out of 10 because they, uh, like Walshie and I were saying, they, they nailed it as far as, you know, the inside of some of our experiences or mm -hmm. glimpse into, um, that world, you know, uh, for me, it was a glimpse into for just a few years and that sort of thing. But, um, 
But I just, I really, and I really appreciated a lot of the very artistic shots in it, um, like a lot of the stairwell shots, like when she runs over to her mom and then they choose to, you know, have the shot be overhead, you know, just things like that where I felt like at least they tried to do a little bit extra, especially for that time period and all that. So I, I give it an 8 out of 10. That's, that's where we're at with it. All right, very good. Okay, uh, Mr. Venom, what is your score? All right, I'm going to come in just a little bit lower than Horror Gal Susan. And the only reason I do this is because of how reminiscent this film is to Don't Look Now, which is a film I actually love. Um, I'm I'm a much bigger fan of Don't Don't Look Now uh, as far as over the years go since I've watched it the first time. But it still does remind me a lot of the positives of Don't Look Now, but just without the really strong like i was talking about performances earlier and i'm sticking by that there's a few performances in this movie that i really enjoy but with something like don't look now uh those performances were a lot more organic to me they felt more realistic and it was more convincing so as i would give don't look now an 8.5 out of 10 i'm going to give alice sweet alice a 7.5 out of 10 just for not being quite as good as the most previous uh, creepy kid movie to come out before this one. So it's like, don't look now kind of set the groundwork. Yeah. uh, A a lot of it for this movie, but they still fell short on a few key aspects of the film, but it's still a great film. I definitely genuinely enjoy this film. So yeah, 7.5 out of 10. Okay. Now Vin, you're next buddy. What is your score for Alice? Sweet Alice. So I'm going to come in a little bit higher than uh, other people have so far. Um, I, I consider this film to be, it's almost like, like what I would consider like a, a second tier classic. You know, um, it, it's not, it's not like The Exorcist or, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or anything like that, but it's kind of like that second tier of a uh, classic seventies films. Um, I really enjoy this one. I'm going to come up with an 8.5. Um, I think it's definitely a must see. Very good, man. Okay. Mark, how about you, buddy? What's your score for Alice Sweet Alice? Uh, yeah, my score on this one is going to be about an eight and a half out of ten. Uh, yeah, there's better 70s movies, but there's just something about this movie, the gritty feel. Um, it's just dirty. <laughs> you know, uh, some of the acting's not the greatest, but I, I just really, really like it. I think it's creepy. The, the, whole, the whole mask, all of the religious imagery it's just right up my alley so i give it an eight and a half out of ten and i say this is a uh this is a must buy on blu-ray yes yes i'll get to that in a couple seconds here so i'll hop in now finish this one out and i'm coming in very close to all you guys i'm coming in with an 8.5 and this was as i said earlier in the in the show this was my first watch i'm very happy to watch it uh kind of hit home a lot of very familiar uh, Catholic iconography and just the look of the school. It looks like just like my little Catholic school, the, the way the people do act outside of the school, all that really hit for me. And it's just creepy. Um, so it is a buy 8.5 and it's a buy, especially if you get the arrow release arrow out of nowhere announced this and everybody was freaking out. And I'm like, man, I got to check this movie out. Everybody's always bringing it up as like a, a missed classic, and there we go. So, get the Arrow release. You're gonna see the best transfer added footage. At, you know every special feature under the under the sun. To be honest, they're just insane anymore. They go so full out. So it's a definite purchase for me. 
And as for Susan, guys, just a heads up here before we continue on with the uh, episode, we are Susan had to drop out uh, for this episode, but uh, she will be back, of course. Susan will be back, so relax. The pretty one will be back. But that's it for Alice, sweet Alice, guys. Let's take a little break here, and we'll get into our last review. Guys, and we're gonna finish this episode up. We're gonna review the hole in the ground from 2019. Mark's uh, newer pick, and just heads up, there is no spoilers, so don't get worried. And plus, this is one you guys should check out. I think we're all in agreement there. Mm-hmm. It is an R-rated movie. It is a 90-minute runtime, and it's just considered horror under uh, IMDb. There, it holds a Shockingly, 5.7 out of 10 star review with a little bit over 8,000 reviews on IMDb. And we got the director was Lee Cronin. He also helped write with Steven Shields. And Mark, why don't you hit us with the synopsis? Yes, this uh, horror movie from Ireland uh, stars Sienna. Is it Curse Lake? It looks Shana. like. Shauna. Is it Shauna? Yes. Shauna Kerslake, uh, who was great in this movie, by the way. Yes. Uh, James Quinn Markey as Chris O'Neill. Um, Katie Odenton, David Crowley, Simone, uh, Simone Kirby, and Steve Wall, amongst some other uh, uh, character actors there. But really, those first two are the ones you need to know. Sarah O'Neill and Chris O'Neill, the characters... Um, is really that's what this story is all about. Uh, can I give the synopsis? Trying to escape her broken past, Sarah O'Neill is building a new life on the fringes of a backwoods rural town with her young son, Chris. A terrifying encounter with a mysterious neighbor shatters her fragile security, throwing Sarah into a spiraling nightmare of paranoia and mistrust. As she tries to uncover if the disturbing changes in her little boy are connected to an ominous sinkhole buried deep in the forest that borders their home. Why don't we uh, roll a trailer? Let's do it. You know, when I was your age, I moved town once too. You'll settle in, sweetie. Maybe. We're going to be happy living here, I promise. Never run off me like that again, okay? 
Good morning, Mummy. Where did you get those? Do you ever look at your kids and not recognise them? He's not himself. history of disorders in your family. Mummy, what's wrong? You're not my son. Tell me the truth! I am! Stop lying! I'm not lying! Mummy! Where are you? Okay, guys, let's get into the review here. So let's do first impressions. Um, I, I guess I'll start it off here, jump in. Uh, real quick, as an impression, first time watching it for Mark's pick, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Didn't know what I was in for. Thought it was just one, another one of those, you know, Netflix-type uh, quick uh, money-grabbing horror movies with a, a corny name. And, boy, was I surprised. I had, a, I had a blast with it. That's my first impression. Mark, how about you, buddy? What was your first impression of Holding the Ground? Yeah, I mean, this came out February 26th. This is real early in the year, and I was just kind of, you know, getting getting my first, you know, six, seven, eight, nine horror movies watching out of the way. And uh, so this one can really um, skip right past you if you let it. I think uh, especially the title is not the greatest. The Hole in the Ground? I don't know. I'm not sure if that ev- evokes horror. But uh, I watched it, I believe, on VOD, and I just love creepy kids. And this particular story was one that really got me interested. The acting, I I really kind of felt empathy for the mother. Uh, I think she did a great job acting. And and the little kid in this is so creepy. Um, Some of the the scenes just were really uh, well done. And uh, so the first impression was like kind of like a hidden gem because I really haven't heard many people talk about this movie at all this year. Uh, I kind of feel like it's being overlooked. And I'm you know, the reason I picked it is because I wanted to get more eyes on it. So those are my first impressions. Yeah, I, to- I agree, dude. I totally agree. All right. Uh, let's get creepy Keith in. What were your first impressions of The Hole in the Ground? I was in from the get-go. I love uh, creepy kid movies, so uh, I was not hesitant to watch this movie. And uh, th- I think the uh, the child actor did a great job. And uh, I actually watched it again. I watched it twice, so uh, definitely would recommend it. Oh, you know it's good if creepy Keith watched. Yeah, it I was next. just gonna say, <laughs> what does that say for you guys out there? You gotta check it out. Gotta you don't watch it. nothing twice except for. Um, yeah, really. Uh, that's that? cool. I'm, I'm waiting for you to say it. 
Prince of Darkness. All right. All right. Let's get uh, Mr. Venom in. What were your first impressions? All right. Well, I was one of the lucky few who got to go to the world premiere of this movie back wow. in June. Wow. It was on January 4th. Um, some people may not know or remember this movie was actually a direct TV exclusive for three weeks before the February 26th date. So we actually had it on direct TV cinema before anybody else. And then, uh, like I said, we, we have a theater there at work, so, uh, we were able to watch it in January and yeah, I absolutely love this film. Um, though people who listen to some of my other shows know that I reviewed this on one of my other shows, uh, back in March or April, I believe. And yeah. I this movie was my number one movie pretty much for most of the month of January until uh, Jordan Peele's Us was released. But yeah, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, it's a shame that we're not going to be able to have a spoiler filled discussion on this one because there's so much to peel back about that third layer that it would be a very riveting conversation. But yeah, general thoughts. Absolutely love this movie. It's still in my top 10 for the year, and I'm pretty sure it's going to solidly stay there. You know, I was I've been thinking about that a lot. Uh first of all, I didn't know that it was direct TV exclusive. That's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. And boy, are you lucky to have been able to go to that world premiere. But uh what I keep thinking about is, man, there's so many movies that we picked that I'd love to dig into and I know it's against horror cast, but I don't know how the other guys feel. I'm just bringing this up for the first time right now and it just seems like I would like to start spoiling these movies too cuz <laughs> it'd be fun to get into them. I don't know, I it's going to be hard, but I definitely understand the mentality of not wanting to spoil them because, I mean, we're a review show and people come to us to hear our opinions on movies that they may or may not end up watching. So I understand the need for it. But, yeah, I'm the kind of guy that pretty much all my other shows are spoiler filled. This is really the only show that I'm on where we're spoiler free. So um, I'll be biting my tongue for most of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude. Very good. All right, Vin, finish off the first impressions, bud. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if my reaction was as glowing as some of, uh, some of what you guys sound like it was, um, but, uh, no, it's, I, I definitely, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I thought it was well done. Uh, but I felt like there were certainly a lot of beats that I saw coming. Uh, however, when they came, they were generally very satisfying. Um, and just to, uh, to comment on your, uh, your idea of spoilers. There's definitely a lot of things about this film that I'm still unclear about. Uh, it, for the most part, it's a fairly straightforward story, but there are certain elements in there that I'm not really clear what they're supposed to mean. Um, so if we did end up having that spoiler discussion, maybe in like a second half or something like that, um, maybe you guys can clarify. Um, but anyway, I, I, I enjoyed it, but I'm, I'm not sure if my rating is going to be quite as high as some of yours. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. Well, sorry, my mute button was a little frozen up there. For a second. You know how that gets awkward. All right, so let's just let's dig into what we can then. Um, like we said, no spoilers. So, Mark, uh, since you picked it, buddy, uh, get into what you liked. Well, first of all, it, am I wrong or is this an A24 movie? Yeah, I think I, it is. Yeah, it is. I, I believe it is. First of, of course, A24 right? almost yeah. does no wrong. I'm telling you, know, you man. Uh, um, no matter what it is that they release, uh, whether it be their horror films or their drama films or whatever, a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, they, they they give a lot of rope to young directors 
and allow them to to make the movies that they want to make. And I believe this is a directorial debut for Lee Cronin. And it really does not show. Um, Um, Just to clarify, Mark, I'm sorry, before we get too deeper in this, um, A24 had nothing to do with the production of this film. They were the American distributor. So basically the American theatrical release of this, which was obviously very limited, was run by A24. And then A24 was the one who got uh, who got it um, into streaming services. So they basically, yeah, they're just the American distributor. They They still have such a great eye, though. Yeah, oh, but yeah, they, yeah they, they're not. They don't just pick up like you. You're not going to see, uh, you know, Clown NATO distributed by A two four. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, I mean, they are A two four films tend to have a great atmosphere and tone. Yeah, yeah. they're like more they usually fail that pretty done. pretty well. So, so somebody yep. at A two four watched this and said, hey, "This is this is our kind of movie." Exactly. And um, yeah, so uh, I really think that um, the the director. Did a did a great job with the visuals, the the cinematography in this movie is is very nice. Um, I liked the score; uh, it was very creepy. Uh, the casting was was very good. Um, this this little James Quinn Markey kid that played uh, Chris O'Neill, just uh, almost shades of like um, what's dude's name from uh, Haley Joel Osment, you know, from uh, Sixth Sense. Just, just creepy. Yeah, I could see that. Just creepy. Um, and uh, I just think, uh, you said Sienna, is that her name? Shauna. Shauna. I don't know why I keep saying, you know, <laughs> she's got this name with the little, the little asterisk over top of it. What, yeah, what's yeah. that supposed to mean? Yeah. Um, Shauna. I don't know what it was about her. It just really, she drew me in. Uh, and I guess as a parent, I just kind of felt what she was going through. Like if, if I was realizing like my kid wasn't my kid anymore, uh, that's horror at its, um, scariest to me. Um, and I just felt like she did a great job, um, conveying those emotions that a parent would have. Uh, she, she was actually terrified of the kid. (laughs) <laughs> you know, um, realizing like what was what's happening, how he's changing, and it was fair for his portrayal. What was going on? Yeah, yeah, Great yeah. job, man. Great job. And um, I really, uh, I think near the end, what we kind of see in the payoff, really cool designs. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. Yes, I, I thought it was uh, very creepy, uh, kind of reminiscent of a couple of other. Um, horror movies that I've seen, but uh, I just really enjoyed. Um, you know, I, I guess it, it's not really a spoiler thing to say this is more of a, a a changeling movie. It's absolutely a changeling story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, you should really know that going in. I mean, it's it's that's just the way it is. I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, it kind of reminds me a, a tiny bit of. Um, what was that Irish movie that came out a few years ago? We, it, oh, uh, I love the, it. Um, the Hallow. The, the Howling. Oh, yeah. No, the no the just Howling. The Hallow. The Hallow. Um, love that movie. Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we did that one um, near the beginning of the show. And, uh, you know, I think the Irish have like a, a lot of changeling stories in their, yeah, their folklore. Um, but, yeah, this is right up there with it, man. I, I would recommend this to to anybody uh 
uh, I'm going to shout out to Jason Lloyd of Horophilia. I remember um, when I first saw this movie and I said something on Facebook, I was like, this is a really good movie. And I said, I gave it like an eight and a half out of 10 after first watch. I was like, man, this is really good. Everybody should watch that. And his, his, uh, comment was, uh, man, <laughs> I was like, dude, that's dude. very Jason Lloyd though. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. I was like, dude, come on, man. Uh, no, this is much better than man. Much yeah, better we, than me and Jason. And I are usually on the same page too. That's, that is kind of weird. Yeah. But well, he, yeah, what are you going to do? He, he loved in fabric, so I'm not going to. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Which uh, I Jason, hated. There you go. A lot of movies. I mean, Jason and Mark probably see pretty much the same amount of movies every year, you know, because Jason's constantly going to fe- festivals and everything. Oh, so great. I know you guys are. I wish, you, man. Uh, have you seen In Fabric? Yes. Oh, did you like it? Uh, like might be a stretch. I mildly enjoyed like it. it. Oh, I, hate, I hated that movie. Me too. I thought it was a pretentious <laughs> piece of crap. And I, and I knew that's exactly what people would be saying about it as I'm watching it. But yeah, uh, yeah I guess anyway, I like it, which is crap. Anyway, back to Hole in the Ground <laughs> to, to an actual good movie. Uh, talk about it a little bit, Mr. Venom. Uh, well, I mean, this movie got me right from the start. That opening shot, very reminiscent of The Shining's opening scene, you know, of the yes. overhead camera following Straight the rip, car. Yep. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, also reminded me of uh, another movie from this year, Midsummer, that also had that same kind of shot in there. Mm-hmm. Um, a much better film, but that's that's another that's a story for another episode. Um, much much different film. Oh, much yes, absolutely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as Mark already said, it's a changeling story. I've always been down with changeling stories. Um, the changeling um, segment from Tales of Halloween is probably my favorite of that. Yeah, dude. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, I've always been a big fan of the changeling story. Uh, I've had, obviously, for obvious reasons, I've seen a lot of other podcasters comparing this child actor to the kid from The Prodigy that was also released earlier this year. Um, and I don't agree. I feel like James Quinn Markey is actually did a much better job than the kid from The Prodigy. Um, I forget the name of that actor, that child actor from The Prodigy, but what he did well was his evil kid um, yeah. scenes. Those scenes he did great. But when he was actually acting as the normal unpossessed child, I, I thought it was flat. Whereas our actor here in Hole of the Ground, he was able to portray both characters really well. And for a child actor that young to be able to pretty much portray two personalities in one film, uh, I, th- I think that's, uh, you know, that that's definitely something to speak about. Um, and Mark's already mentioned, you know, Shauna, great job by mom. Um, a lot of, some people were, uh, other reviews that I've read, um, kind of were upset that there was kind of a lack of backstory for Shauna. Cause obviously there is a husband in the picture, but he's not there. Or should I say there's a husband that exists, but he's not in the picture. That's probably a better way to put it. Um, but we get no explanation you... of like, you know, is he dead? Is he, are they divorced? Did he cheat on her? And she, you know, there's no, is the scar on her forehead from her husband? The yes. Accident yes. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So, so there, you know, there's a lot of prevailing theories as to what's going on with that family. And I, and I, some podcasters were taking points away from the movie because of it, calling it plot holes. And I'm like, no, uh, the relationship of the mother and father has very little bearing to our story here today. Obviously mm-hmm. her being by herself in the middle of, you know, the Irish woods, you know, that aspect of it, yes, I understand. That's directly because the husband isn't in the picture. But I, I don't think it takes anything away from the movie, the fact that he's not there and that we don't get an explanation, at least an exact explanation as to why he's not. Yeah. I, Jerry, I think that that, like, wouldn't take away. No, not at actually, all. Actually, from what was happening. Because all you needed to know was, you know, you, you get the clue. She's got the scar she didn't really want to talk about it. You know, they're obviously, I wouldn't say running, but they're obviously trying to separate themselves mm-hmm. from, from the father. Um, and, and it, it always, uh, comes back to, um, you know, uh, I believe it was Jay of the dead from horror movie podcast always says that about, um, horror happens to those who deserve at least. Mm-hmm. And, and it just kind of made me feel like, you know, this is a mom, who's trying to get a, a new life started with their kid, trying to get away from more than likely an abusive husband. And you could see like, you know, uh, she already had problems in her life and this on top of it. I mean, it just made it even worse, but uh, I don't think, I mean, that's just my opinion. I didn't need a bunch of backstory just like yeah. I didn't need, you well, know, no, to this, know, yeah, yeah. The, the, this past also, it, it creates a situation in the middle of the film, the second act, where you're you're supposed to question whether or not what she's seeing is real, mm-hmm. right? She has a head injury. She's taking medication. She's having disturbing dreams. So, I mean, all they're doing is alluding to a backstory, this kind of abusive, right. you know, relationship. But really, what it's it comes into play actually in the second act with um, whether or not she is a reliable narrator. Yeah, she mm-hmm. is she is she thinking all this stuff, uh, you know, up in her head? Is she creating it in her mind? You know, is she going cuckoo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, can I can I just uh, real quick about a, a specific scene in this movie that freaked me out? Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's the uh, school auditorium scene. Yes, do you, do you remember <laughs> what? The, I knew you were gonna say that. That oh, yeah. for some yeah, reason that scene, I was like, it, like sitting here right now in my basement, talk gave yeah. me the shivers. But that directly talk that connects to what I was just talking about, yes, right? Yes, it does, Vin. Is mm-hmm. she the only one that sees it, right? That yes. kind of thing, and, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I was off. even I was even wondering if the, the kid was having that effect on her, like supernatural, causing her to I don't know experience hallucinate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. right. Well, he yeah. definitely. I mean, he definitely manipulated that that situation. That yeah. would answer I mean, that. I don't, I don't think anybody else was seeing that. You know, he, he, he was able to isolate her, right? you know, but the way like the, the speech slowed down and like the camera pulled back and uh, I was just like, this is freaky. Mm -hmm. I I like that. I do like that part. I thought it's creepy, but even more for me was that spider, that spider scene, man, under the door, that whole sequence was shot beautifully and it captured Mm -hmm. the eeriness. Uh, it, it was it was just beautifully done, and it actually got got under my skin. Uh, I was watching it, uh, you know, in the dark, and I was amazed by that scene. It was just shot so perfectly, because uh, you know we see that we see this little kid. He hates spiders, and then all of a sudden, 
He has a little fun with one of them. Yeah, the script, <laughs> the script does a pretty good job at the beginning of establishing Chris's norms. Uh-huh. Yes. You know, like, you know, his love of a certain toy and certain fears that he has mm-hmm. or games he likes to play, you know, and then they come into play later. But uh, it, 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 it's kind of, it seems like a natural progression as they're giving you what this kid is like. Um, so I think the script actually did a good job of rolling that out. Yeah. Yeah, give yeah, you something to base definitely. it on so you know that, you know, he's different now. You know, there's 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 change, so. Yeah, changeling stories are usually fairly color by numbers. And this one, obviously it's elevated beyond the average changeling story, but I think tone and atmosphere is really helping out a lot in this one. Oh, uh, the, fact, the fact that it's a little bit more of a slow burn as opposed yes. to like a all-out like action horror film. Right, uh, small cast. So- Exactly. Yeah. Condensed story. Yeah. Condensed story. Yeah. Beautiful. It was. It was. It was a great film, man. I love this. I really mm-hmm. love this flick. This is one I'm gonna buy. I don't even know if it's out on Blu-ray or anything yet, but this is one that's gonna be in my collection for sure. Yeah, I'm getting the Blu-ray too. Uh, yeah, and I, I like the little. Um, you know, it is a small cast, but I like the neighbors. Yeah, that, that this, they this already don't, happened. Don't do to it. Them. Don't talk about it. You're gonna use one of my things up. Gonna, <laughs> Go ahead then, Keith. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> The, the the old lady was her name Marie. I don't know the actress's name. I try to look it up on IMDb, but anyway, uh, brilliant, Anna. Yeah, exactly. It was. I didn't know if it was going to be one of them. Um, the visit kind of things. You know, the grandmom kind of chasing them under the house kind of scenes. Uh-huh. That kind of build up or whatever like that. So less, like you guys are saying, less is more. And she didn't do a lot, but what she did do was very uh, scary to me. You were like, uh, what is this woman about to do? Is she going to? leap on top of the car you know it was just you know unexpected what, what she was going to do yeah definitely man definitely yeah. go ahead go ahead who was talking oh. <laughs> i was looking at the uh, the link that jerry sent yeah it shut us all off that was we good. were like we all glitched out for a second there. I can't read and talk at the same time. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I wanted to say, yeah, just as an overall for the story, shot beautifully, very, very, very eerie vibe, very dark, um, just mm-hmm. just beautiful hues, dark hues. But but it's not the type of movie where it's like, oh, man, I can't see this. It's it's so well shot. Exactly. Yeah. And yep. the score, man, the score was phenomenal. Yeah. Well, stand before, before we leave the shots, I mean, one of the one of the things that I like especially is, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's right in the title, but the hole in the ground. Yeah. I oh, mean, that, it's awesome, it, dude. It looks amazing. And what it I like really is does. we're dealing with changeling mythology, but the, the way that thing looks also suggests other things. Uh-huh. Like, could this be a crater? Like, for something yeah. that crash landed? Could it be a sinkhole? Is it some kind of portal? I mean, we don't know what this hole really is, so Mass. we don't know what we're actually mm-hmm. dealing with. Right? The Are these down. fairies? Are there something else? You know, <laughs> uh, but just that whole idea of the hole in the ground—it's very, it's very fairy tale like, right? It seems like yes. you know, if, if that thing was out in the woods, people would have noticed by yes. now. Um, yeah. But there's just kind of a certain fairy tale logic that's going on with some of this stuff. Yeah. Yes. And and the cooler thing is uh, we actually—it's not a spoiler. I mean, it's in the title. We get to go in that hole. We get to see. Yeah. What's down there? That last is, act is really that good. That act. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Vin. The whole final act of this movie uh, really ties it up really nice and pretty with the bow. It really does, man. I loved the final act. And 
special props for the creature suits. Uh, I know Mark mentioned that on his first impressions because it, the creatures are they're they're similar. It's like something we've seen before, but they're not. I don't know how to yeah. explain it. At one point, I in my notes, I called this the descent too. That's it. Yeah. That's the yeah. one everybody. Yep, me too. It's yeah. the first thing I went to. Um, but it seems like that's the type of creature that would be under there. But that that whole thing of how she goes under, uh, it, mm-hmm. it's it's unbelievable, man. Such a great yeah. film. Such a great and, film. I mean, just some creepy imagery. Uh, how how they bury the heads in the ground. Oh, that there is the ostrich. creepiest thing, dude. I was it waiting is, for you guys to mention. We that. might be getting spoiler territory if we get too much into that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh now, my gosh. Now, me, <laughs> me being the semi newbie on this, I is is that any originality to that, or has there been any other horror films that have, have explored that? Uh, uh, I don't think for this. I don't type know. Of it film, is one of the questions I have about the film, though. Yeah. I, yeah. I, like one number one question, absolutely. But yeah. it is, is creepy. It yeah, is, I, I, think I have an answer too for that, but I don't think I can answer it on the show. <laughs> All right. Well, after we hit end, yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about that. Absolutely. But there is I, a reason. There absolutely is a reason that oh, that woman to, got ostriched. Oh, we got to okay. know about this. ostriched. I like that, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, I made <laughs> it a verb. After we're uh, done, after no we're hard. done recording, after we're done recording, you, you need to yeah, enlighten yeah, we, us on that. But I just want to go back to the cinematography. This is not. Um, look, this is just the way I am. I am not a. I'm not a very forgiving uh, movie watcher. If your film does not look good, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Like, I, there's there's plenty of amateur filmmakers out there that are making their first movies and they're out there and, and people will gush over them. And then I'm like. No, I need something more. Um, I need something creative and just like certain way. Uh, just go on IMDb. There's 66 stills of, of this movie uh, on there. And there are so many incredible shots that could just be pictures on a wall. Um, you know, certain things like just a shot uh, starting a scene of, of, of somebody's coffee with, with uh, the creamer in it. And, and you know, is there a shape in there? Is there not the, the, the woods itself, the very beginning of the episode atmosphere and tone. Yes. That is this whole movie. I mean, sitting at the dinner table with her friends and there's just two candles lit and it's just the shadow on the wall behind her. I don't I mean, I don't, Right. I don't know if it's just me looking at that. No, no, no. I caught that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just, uh, just a lot of really uh, cool about like the wallpaper. I mean, it's really kind of insignificant, but to me, it adds a little tension when she's mm-hmm. scraping at it. To me, it makes me a little antsy when I see somebody doing something like that. Like, I don't know if I want to help yeah. or just avoid the yeah, situation. Going the uh, and then the other, <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is like just uh, the car. If you notice, it wasn't a new car; it was kind of beat up a little bit. So there was there was some thought put into it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I definitely wanted to bring up to the surface uh, James Cosmo's performance as Des. I I absolutely love that man. He's uh he's done a lot of lower budget horror films like Hole yeah. in the Ground, Malevolent, Outlaw King. And somehow, and the older that dude gets, the bigger he gets. Yes, he's he's doing he's yeah. doing the Brian Cox absolutely. Yeah. The Brian yes. Cox. <laughs> another, that's a, another that's, a, that's a verb. That's a no. verb. No, are, are you Brian Cox in it? 
<laughs> I love, yeah, love Cox and love uh, James Cosmos, and don't use that out of uh, context. I was just getting ready to say that. Should we edit it out? <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I, uh, just because no one brought it up, yeah, I got to bring up James Cosmos. Like I said, his performance was, uh, you know, it may not have been the most stellar performance of the film by any stretch, but, but, but he definitely did his job and did it well. But piggy, piggybacking on that real quick, I, why was he so... I don't know where he fought against the ideal of the. Uh, I, his, think, his, I, I think that because of the experience that he had with his own son. That, he, yeah, that's what I was kind of really asking. Why, why did he fight one that? Of those guys if that he just caught just that. That's believe. the best catch I've seen in years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he talking about the football well, game? Do you think your mute is on? <laughs> oh, my bad. Football guys. Football. <laughs> he caught that head well, and then along. he buried it. I thought you were talking about ground. James Cosmo there. No, I'm like, I have, oh, I have my notes and my game right next to me. So, yeah, my bad. The clown <laughs> wall. she's watching the uh, the Bears. Red did it go, did it at least go along with you don't guys? Even, or no? Don't even tell me uh, who's winning because I'm DVRing it. I oh, uh, I'm not. I'm just, okay. okay. I, anyway. I I, I, yeah, that, anyway. I, I was hoping that went along because I looked down and saw no mute and I gave myself a little face palm. <laughs> you know, that was bad. It sounded like bad. you were really talking up James Cosmo. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, James Cosmo, catch. come on, man. <laughs> that guy that guy was uh, Jorah Mormont in Game of Thrones. That's the man right there. He can, there he can do no wrong. Yep. <laughs> yep. So... All oh, right, man. I have, I have, I literally have like a page and a half of notes that I, I can't even discuss because it's all about the third act. <laughs> well, do you no, want to get you want to give a spoiler warning and then people that don't want to, yeah, you know, we're at and the we end could... of what we said, I think, right? I mean, yeah, it's a rate then spoil. Does any does, yeah. does anyone want to talk about any negatives? Because I mean, the only negative I have, and it's it's such a nitpick, and I'm sure people are gonna disagree with me, but I'm kind of a music guy. I I do like this soundtrack and score. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like the score is a little heavy-handed at times. Oh wow, in, I love it. In the sense that, not that it's bad, it's just in the sense that the music is really slapping you in the face and trying to convince you this is scary. This is scary. You should be yeah. scared. I understand that's what you know score music is supposed to be, but at times it just felt like okay, okay, I'm on edge. I don't need any more. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> and it's a lot. It's a lot of uh, strings, right? And a lot yeah, of kind of screechy. But, you know, yeah, it fits. Yeah. It absolutely fits. It's a great score and soundtrack. I'm not trying to downplay any of that. I just there were certain scenes where it's like, okay, I'm already on edge. I don't need this this string quartet, you know, mm -hmm. trying to yeah, freak yeah. me out even more. So yeah. that's all. That's all. Just a little heavy handed. Uh, I would say if there was anything negative, and I, and I wouldn't even say it was a negative. I I wanted this movie to go a little longer, and I and I wanted there to be some more i guess skin in the game uh, i wanted there to be i wanted him to like hurt more people or you know to to be more menacing somehow like like i don't i don't know uh, i just I can kinda, agree with that yeah, i think yeah. he could have well, been a little agree? bit more dangerous i don't know yeah. i mean he did a lot of creepy stuff Mm. Absolutely, and, and the tone and the atmosphere. But don't forget, changelings. Uh, for the most part, changelings don't want you to know that they're changelings, so they're not going to go yeah. on like a murderous rampage. Yeah. Um, for the <laughs> most part, they're going to try to do creepy stuff. You know. Um, you know. Obviously, they're going to dispatch anyone that they think. 
you know, might be on to their scheme. But for the most part, uh, they, they just want to assimilate. You know, they they want to be a part of, you know, uh, society um, and to, to for a grander scheme. I'm sure I'm sure there's a bigger plot, you know, rather than just taking over one little kid. Um, yeah. So I think I agree with you. I would like to see a little bit more with uh, the creatures as far as like maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily their backstory, but more motivation, stuff like that. See, that I agree with. The creatures, I agree with. See more of that. But I thought they did. I didn't want to see no more. I, it might have been overdone to me uh, with the kid himself. But the creatures, yes. I wanted that world you know, more explored. Yes. And absolutely. it was good. And it was good because it was in that darkness. Yes. You yes. Know, of the hole. And, and the only thing was the little bit of light that she had. And, yes. and then, you know, and then what she ended up seeing. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. It was yeah. A, she was, you know, she was next, baby. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, how about just, why don't why don't we do this? Because I I feel like we we want to talk about this a little more. Why don't we review it? We'll get put our well put our scores down, and then let's put a spoiler warning out. And let's talk about it. Let's do it. I'm, I'm okay with that. All right. So here I'll I'll hop in with my score for this film. This film is an eight point five for me. Loved it. Um, I didn't I didn't mention a lot of dislikes. You know, you could tell it's a smaller a smaller budget movie, so it's not. It's nothing grand to me, but I had a blast with it, man. It's another must-buy. So I'm coming with both movies tonight with an 8.5. It's a, mu- it's a must-watch. you got to check this movie out. Support this movie. Uh, I-, I love stuff like this, and I just think they did a great job with it. So 8.5 for me. All right, Vin, what's your score, bud? Uh, coming a little bit lower. I'm at a, more like a, right a 7. Um, like I, say, I, th- I think it's a solid rental. Uh, I think it's a good movie. Uh, but it's, it's honestly not one that I'm going to really seek out to own. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's good enough. All right, dude. Okay, uh, Mark, what is your score, bud? Yeah, I'm. <laughs> people are gonna think I'm crazy, but I'm. I'm at a nine out of ten. I really like this movie a lot. It really depends on what kind of movies you really like. Mm-hmm. This is not a you know blood and guts, uh, you know, over the top horror movie. Uh, it, it's just. It depends a lot on the atmosphere and the tone, and it's and it's kind of a slow mover, uh, but it's just right up my alley. I mean, it's kind of hard to to put a um, a pin in as to exactly why I like it so much. Maybe it's because you know I'm a parent of three boys, and and this kind of stuff just gets me. I don't know. I don't know. I, I enjoyed the Prodigy. I, I didn't think the prodigy was anywhere near as good as this film. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a, a pretty decent, um, you know, movie. I would, I would say, I would probably give it a prodigy like a seven out of 10 where I heard people like destroy the prodigy, but, um, yeah, so that's what that, I'd say nine out of 10. And I, I really can't wait to own it on Blu-ray and I, I am going to follow that link, Mr. Venom, and I'm going to purchase it. Can't wait to see it on my, uh, my big TV. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Okay. So let's get, uh, Mr. Venom. What's your score, bud? Uh, I'm actually going to be 
fairly high as well. I'm right there with Mark. This is a nine out of ten. This um, anybody who listens to this show or any of my other shows knows I am a huge fan of slow burn horror. Um, you know, uh, slow pacing has never been a major problem with me. Uh, poor pacing is a bigger problem with me. Slow pacing is absolutely not. Um, this definitely is going to be, this film is going to be an acquired taste. Uh, a lot of hardcore fan horror fans are definitely not going to enjoy this. It's not a gore fest. It's not an action packed thrill ride of a horror film. It's absolutely a very, you know, single location. Well, basically single location you know a house and then the forest around it um type of horror film and like i said slow burn horror especially when when you've got child actors actually displaying good acting chops um i'm definitely on board so yeah like i said i'm right there with mark nine out of ten awesome awesome okay creepy keith finish the score out bud all right, so I'm going to make this complicated. So I could just easily say what my score is, but I got this new scoring system I'm going to use from here on out. Oh, my gosh. If you come in with two scores, we're going to kick your butt. It's not two scores. <laughs> How it works is one for story, one for acting, one for cinematography, one for being original, and one for the sound. So with all that added up, uh, I give it an 8.5. And if I throw in an extra one for this movie just being entertaining all the way, uh, it would make it a 9.5. Oh, okay. Very good. Thanks. So very highly rated from us. Oh, we, and, we can I, this. and can I all just also add, I told Mark that uh, definitely watch this movie with headphones on. Uh, you, you'll hear little footsteps in the background that are panning back and forth. Oh, really? It, yes. It's, it, it definitely adds to the creep factor. Oh, oh well, headphones, that's good. Headphones or like surround sound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't watch it with but, my surround sound. But, de- but definitely. Definitely with headphones. It's right there in your ears. You can't escape it. Do it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. All right, guys. That's going to do it for our uh, our scores there. But as we said, we're going to change the format up a little bit here. We're going to spoil this. We want to talk about it. So. Hold up. I'm going to insert the red alert right here. <laughs> All right, everything from right now on is spoiler. You've been warned. You have been warned. All right, since uh, Jerry, Mr. Venom there, uh, you know, kind of kicked mm-hmm. this up. Start it off, buddy. Spoil this thing. Um, well, what are the, Mark was talking about wanting to see more, um, you know, with the kid. I wanted to see more with the the kid changeling, especially yes. after she captured it. And, you know, after she realized that it yep. wasn't her son and they locked it in the basement, I feel like that story just kind of got abandoned. Because mm-hmm. at that point, mom goes off and, you know, goes to look for her actual son out in the woods. Right. And then, of course, you know, we get the we get the final culmination of the film, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then after all that, uh, she ends up burning the house down. And that's where I'm not uh, the biggest fan of because it's like, are, 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 are you telling me that you don't think that thing can escape out of there? I mean, we've seen Michael Myers escape two, two fires already. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a supernatural changeling is going to get out of that fire without too many problems, assuming the house doesn't collapse on top of them. Especially the abilities it, it has. 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. We're not sure what kind of supernatural abilities these things have. Yes, mm -hmm. they can change form. We know that. But what else can they do? Uh, you know, was it actually the kid affecting his mother's uh, psyche with, you know, bad dreams and, you know, um, ominous feelings and things like that? Who knows? Maybe that's another ability they have. So that's where I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of this story with, uh, with the one that they captured and then maybe a little bit more with what they can do. And as I said earlier in the spoiler-free section, a little bit more of their motivation. Like, are they just ancient creatures just doing this because yeah. they've always done it? Or is there an intention? Is there, you know, kind of like a Jordan Peele's Us type plot line? You know, is there an ultimate goal? So that's what I would have liked to have seen explored a little bit more. Um, but I'm genuinely curious on the questions that Vin had about the third act. Um. Well, I mean, certain things. Uh, you said you thought you had an explanation for the uh, the heads being buried in dirt. Yes. Um, hey, do you want to just go into that real quick? Oh, uh, I I kind of alluded to that at the beginning. Changelings, as I said, um, they want to assimilate. They do not want to be discovered. Um, so obviously, whenever a human figures out that hey, that's not my son, or hey, that's not your son, as in with uh, old lady Brady. Um, the changeling has to dispatch that person so that they don't spread that information. So to ostrich someone is a symbol. Um, I think I looked it up and it goes back to um, not Vikings, but uh, what were those people called? Uh, it started with an M. Uh, damn it. Uh, uh, Mongolians. It was Mongol uh, old ancient Mongolian culture when they would kill a witness, someone who saw something that they weren't supposed to see, they would mm. bury their head in the ground. Uh, wow. Nice symbolism. So, yeah, exactly. So th there is a little bit of historic fact to it. And then there's just like my twist of like the changelings, you know, they want to dispatch their witnesses, but they still want to make a point while doing it. So that's their way of saying, you know, this person saw something they should not have. And now their head is buried in the ground. That's a good Very interpretation, well man. Well, I, it, see, I, know. I it, it, that creates mm -hmm. problems for me, though. With go ahead. With one of my other, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to call it a plot hole necessarily. Uh -oh. But um, when she's down in the hole, we see so many bodies. Bodies, yeah. It makes me wonder how many of these things are out there, and shouldn't there be more evidence of them in town? Right. You know, like how long has the hole been there, and does anyone else know about it? I mean, it's kind of That's weird that nobody I else seems to that know about it. Hole, yeah. yeah, and based on what we see in the hole, it seems like we should be seeing a lot more weird stuff happening around town and people acting suspiciously. And like, have there been no other people with their heads buried in dirt? Um, and I feel like I feel like other people would have noticed this, or that one of the other changelings would have put her head in the dirt a long time ago. They didn't have um, money in the budget. Yeah, you know. Uh, but uh, it, it's well, the question is like. Because because victims have to go to the changelings. Changelings don't leave their home to look for victims. Um, in every changeling movie I've ever seen, the yeah, victim like goes to the changeling. Like in Tales from Halloween, they go out to the woods. In uh, I forget the other movie I'm thinking of, but it was the same thing. They went to an old abandoned hospital and there were changelings living in the basement. So it's like, um, so as far as like the scope of, how many changelings are out there? I could believe that there's only like one or two because how many adults go out into the woods just to walk around for fun? That's usually like a child thing, and it's usually a male child thing too. But if it's we usually... based on how many bodies were in the hole, it's got to be right, a lot like... more than one or two. Right, but we don't know how long get... they were in there. I mean, they, who knows? They could have been in there for a millennia, and you know, th those bones could 
pro- well, they probably should be dust, but you know, <laughs> right? But well, it's like they don't want to get. Ca- I could see that being kind of a hole, though. They don't want to get caught in a way. Um, yeah, but there's all those bodies. But then, like, but he tries that- killing his mother and burying her head in the hole. Like, I don't know if you start burying people's heads in holes, that's kind of kind of weird, you know? Right? Yeah, but is that <laughs> hole? Yeah. Is that kind of conspicuous? Yeah, <laughs> you know? is oh, that hole visible to just right. anybody? I mean, <laughs> What's well, that? I mean, anybody in the woods? That's the so thing. Do you yeah, think like, that hole's just visible to anybody? I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's well, the opening well, shot. It's metaphorical. Remember, I, I have questions about the opening shot, right? Because the opening shot is upside down, mm-hmm. with right. the sky below, the title right. showing the valley of the mountain. I'm not sure if this is suggesting down. that you know yeah. up is down and what's actually reality. Maybe what's down in the hole to us is actually reality. I'm not sure what they're trying to say there, but there is that panning shot, which shows the hole, right? So we're not yeah. seeing it from her point of view where she comes across it in the woods. We're seeing a, like a God shot, right? Mm-hmm. And seeing this thing in there. So I'm assuming, I mean, Ireland has aircraft, right? Um, people would definitely be seeing this right. thing. It's not right. that big of an Island, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but, uh, I don't know. It, it's it's something that kind of bothered me in the end. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, it, it felt like there were it felt like there were these disjointed things that looked creepy, right? And that's why they were used, but they didn't really mesh in the end for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, man, this is one time then where you're you're just wrong. No, I'm oh. just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. How about that scream that that changeling in the basement let out? I thought that was yeah, freaking dude. epic. That was brutal. That <laughs> was a brutal. I, I like that. That whole. I even like. I I kind of like her burning down the house. Um, I kind of like it's just like screw this. You know, we're just we're heading out. Oh sure, um, sure. It's the easy way to out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I well, I, I, I mean, like that. I like where that leads to too. You know, where you see like it's like six months later or something like that. And she's just got mirrors, mirrors everywhere. She's still not sure. Great she's scrutinizing the photo that she takes, you know? Right. And it kind of makes us also still think, like, is it in her head or not? We're not really sure yet. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, this, I, I, I do movie, like I like that where that goes. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Vin. And in this movie, the mirrors are obviously, you know, kind of like from the vampire war. It, um, you know, if, if, it's, if it's one of the creatures or, you know, um, Skinwalker, it doesn't come up in that mirror like that so she's mm-hmm. she's just totally freaked out yeah. by the end of this film you know well once you see what she goes through of course but she's just completely everything's com- completely covered in mirrors yeah. and she's always and photographs as well mm-hmm. very very cool very cool i, I, think. I yeah. find it odd too that they don't show us what she filmed that yeah, was my that? biggest Dude, dislike yeah I'm, I'm glad you brought that up i completely forgot about that talk about that well i mean it, it, she she seems to film evidence that the kid is some kind of changeling or he's not her son. And then she shows it to James Cosmo, right? And uh, at the funeral, which is kind of, or it was after the funeral, I think, after. or something, right? It was after the funeral. Yeah. Um, but he he reacts violently and, like, throws it down and breaks it or something. Yep. And it's just, it's... Because he's seeing it for the second time. And he doesn't want it, it, it he, he knows there's I, more. That's what I was trying to say uh, earlier in the program is that Des, Des's character is very grounded in reality. He doesn't want to admit that something supernatural could be occurring. He's one of those guys that's, you know, uh, the endless skeptic. Oh, that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. And I feel like every time he's, he looks at a supernatural image, his, his whole world is like rocked. Shattered. And, Yep. Yeah, exactly. And he, he just doesn't want to deal with it, especially because he's an old man. I mean, he's he's already close to his mortality anyway. He just wants to live out his last few remaining years quietly yeah. and peacefully. And I, then know, I, I agree with all that. 
Yeah. It's just that it feels like we were we were developing a plot line with him. Oh no. That is yeah. just cut when he breaks that thing. You're absolutely right. And I'm just kind of like, wow, like there there was just this kind of finality to it where it's just like, mm-hmm. oh no, he yeah. broke her evidence and then he's just gone from the movie. Yep. And yeah, I'm like, wow, right. I, I felt like the, that that should have continued somehow. We should have seen more resolution with him. Um because he was he became such a central role. You know, I mean he was not central, but he was such a big part of the second act. Right. Um, yeah, it was such a build up, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I fully expected to see him again in the third act, like maybe like come to her rescue or something, you know. Uh, maybe, or maybe he was a changing the whole time. Who Ooh, knows? You know, that, that hey, would have been a cool stop. twist. But all right, that actually <laughs> Thank- would have. Yeah. Thankfully, Shyamalan didn't make this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. All right, what else, guys? Uh, let's see. Mirrors. Um, I liked that this was one of the first times in a Changeling movie that we actually got to see the blank changelings we usually that is awesome yeah i mean i know we got to see a kind of sort of version of it in tales of halloween but it was you know it was in the dark it wasn't very well lit you know it was more like silhouettes than anything else um so i i thought that was really cool that because for the first time we get to see the layer of the changelings and uh what they look like before you know they metamorphosize Mm -hmm. into someone else so i thought that was kind of a cool little addition um to the classic changeling story so, right. so you know, in the in the hole at the end, because she flicks her light on or whatever, and she sees her, right? Oh yes, that was great because it grabbed her leg. So does it like? Does it like? I don't know. How does it? Uh, it has to have skin form? on skin. It has to have skin. As on soon skin as it touches on. skin. Yeah. Okay. Because that that one grabbed her leg, and she wasn't wearing socks. And, and it's, it's mentioned in the movie too. Uh, at at some point, or it's. It's it's kind of blatant throughout the movie that once skin and contact happens, that's when it could turn into. Yeah, I, I just thought that was cool. It was a great shot. That was yeah, a really good cool shot. And hey, I, I especially loved the uh, the mother starting to do the investigation and noticing all this wacky stuff. And we could go back to the uh, in the beginning. Uh, the little boy he hates spiders. He's deathly afraid of spiders. Um, and, and it comes up to this incredible scene, very eerie scene that I mentioned earlier, uh, where he's what he eats the spider and starts crawling like one. It's very creepy, and it's all mm-hmm. shot from uh, the mother's perspective from underneath the door. Yeah, and right. he does the changing doesn't know that the mother's seen that. So the mother's then, trying to keep her composure. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, but great. then but then when like she makes noise and 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 you hear you hear the, then you'll, and then yep. hear mommy. Yep, <laughs> it was just creepy, man. Awesome, man. Creepy. it's awesome. Oh, but little by little by little, she starts figuring out more and more, and it's done so well. Uh, more and more, and we already know. We we yeah. as viewers yeah. already know. We're waiting for her to just be okay. You know, what else do you need to see at this point? <laughs> I, I, like and, the, I like the exchange between her and the son about the game that they used to play together. Uh, that was the, that was the last that was the blood test of the thing. Yeah. yeah, it bothered me that she waited so long to do that because yes. she had already done the Parmesan cheese thing, which was I mean that's proof enough right there. That was almost. another great yeah little uh, story arc that you know yeah, helped the, us figure it out. The the dust cheese, as they called it. I, I don't like the dust cheese, and <laughs> suddenly, suddenly he does like it after he comes back. So yeah, yes. I mean. It, but it bothered me because the game would be, like you said, it would be the absolute blood test. It would be, you know, the absolute confirmation that that is not her son. And it bothered me that she waited so long to do it. I understand that they were going through some, you know, uh, random stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe she, 
didn't want it to be that. Of course, who does? But oh, you know, yeah, yeah. reality I mean, sets in. That's valid. Absolutely. The potential sure. that she just didn't want to do it. Self-doubt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Could not accept it. But I do still like that. Like you said, she kind of went into investigative mode herself with the hidden camera and everything else. Um, right, right. Yeah, absolutely love that part. Uh, the, the whole aspect of the film. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Hey, did anybody notice um, there were a couple of homages to The Shining in this movie? Uh, the obvious one is obviously the opening shot of the overhead camera following the car. But then did anybody notice the wallpaper the that wallpaper. she put? Yep. Yes. Oh, my shiny. God. I thought that was great. The overlook, it was the yep. the overlook carpeting is yep. her wallpaper. I thought yeah, it that was, awesome. it was It was a slightly different color scheme, but it was the exact same design. Same so design. That was, yeah, so, yeah, we, apparently somebody that. somebody on this uh, production team really, really likes The Shining. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Did, Keith, didn't you say that before? You had uh, said something about the wallpaper. but Yeah, I just yeah, I wasn't making the reference to The Shining. I didn't even pick up on that. But I did read somewhere that there was one, uh, some kind of homage to the uh, the newer Evil Dead movie, the beginning shot. I, I just read that, so I don't know what that was in reference hmm. to. Oh, yeah. the... the huh. It was some kind of. I read the trivia on uh, the Prime Video thing. Oh, that has me get. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to check that out. Though. I love that movie. Yeah, they said for remake. the yeah for the, new, the Evil Dead remake, right? Hmm. Hmm, I'm gonna. Have, I can't figure it out right now. I'm gonna have to look me that either. up. Me either. I was just me reading off it. So yeah, yeah. Just oh, very cool. Anybody that's listening out there, just to confirm it, just go on Prime Video and you'll see what I was talking about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Prime X-ray. That's awesome. You need yeah. to know anything. You hit the screen. It tells you. It's very cool. Yep. But um. All right. Uh, anything else, guys? Uh, let's see. Uh, a little sad that we don't get too much of an explanation of the whole itself. Uh, like, you know, kind of like Vin was alluding to, like the town's yeah. knowledge of the whole or, well, town. We say town, but we saw all of what, three or four houses, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe but, yeah, it's for, I, we're I, saving that for Hole in the Ground, too. There you oh, go. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of com- convenient plot points that, well, maybe not plot points, but just some things that happened faster than I thought they should have. Did it bother anybody else that literally, as soon as she got in the hole, she found her son? Like, no yes. searching, no... Yeah, and it was supposed to be this maze-like thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. But literally, yeah. she's down there, she turns the flashlight on, oh, there's my son. Yay! Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, we, well, that's what we I were was... running out of... Um, yeah. um, production money at that point we that's had what i was saying like yeah. I, I wanted to see more i think the movie could have been a little bit maybe you know 10 15 minutes longer yes and, and there Explore could have been more down there yeah in there oh, and, and creatures on top of the fact that there had to be other living people down there unless right. the sun was literally the only current changeling that's what i would like to have seen i yeah. mean what if she actually found dez's son how cool would that have been like all well, grown know, up Right. Well, wait a minute. Now, now you got me thinking. Is there only one at a time? I don't think that's like a rule or anything. I'm I just know, but in this movie, is like that a Jumanji a world. Is there I, mean, only I don't one think they, at a time? I don't think they actually. Well, no, because the one is still locked in her basement when oh, that's right. That's the other right. one changes okay. into her. That's so. right. Okay. Thanks, Vin. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. But All yeah, right, well, that would have been cool. I would have liked to that because I I thought that's what they were kind of going towards because they were talking so much about Des and Noreen's son and how this exact thing happened to him. So I was fully expecting that she was going to find like a grown up, you know, uh, Des's son down there. But nope. Right. I mean, granted, if he's not eating, he's not getting sustenance. He's probably going to die just from starvation anyway. But I don't know. I just thought that might be cool. 
Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Maybe a little pandering, but whatever. <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. I'm with no, you. That, you're right, man. Okay, well, I, I, I'm, I'm done with this. Um, you uh, guys, the last, uh, literally the last note that I have yeah. is I Go love ahead. that uh, the end credit song. I love that end credit song. It's so haunting. Uh, I, I don't know who performs it. I didn't actually look it up, but it's just like a really somber, ominous. Uh, it almost sounds like a traditional Irish Irish song, but it, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I I took two lines of notes about the song alone, so I definitely wanted to point that out. Even though it has been like what, like three weeks since I've watched it again. So, well, you uh, know what, I watched it on my iPad, uh, and I didn't even I once it stopped, I didn't even listen. You know, I already had my headphones out, so I'm gonna have well, to go back you. and listen to that. It's a very like slow, somber piece of music, but I just cool. found it just dreadful and beautiful i loved it and i do well, i have a, I have a I'll final let you, too we will uh we'll play that on the way oh, out please that'd be great <laughs> and my final thought is I, I know the uh the horror community always they don't like happy endings in the horror movies how do you guys feel about this one i don't mind that i like the happy ending i'm okay with that there were a couple of decisions that the mom made that really bothered me did it, and I know we're going right back into the review right when we were just about done. But no, 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 no. Did, it, that's okay. did it bother anybody else that as soon as mom got back from the hole with her son, she left him outside alone while she went in the house to get the keys? Are you joking? Oh, they always do that. They oh, always I, do those kind of things. Is, yeah. is it, that mother wouldn't let go of that son for weeks. I mean, he he couldn't go to the bathroom by himself if that actually happened. And she's leaving him alone outside <laughs> where potentially more things could be around. Yeah, it, it just, it really, it seemed irresponsible. Well, no, I'm say, laughing because the one guy without, without a kid, or maybe Creepy Keith, I don't know, but to bring that up, I feel like a failure now. You're right, though. No, no, and, and hey, it, it might actually happen in real life. I don't know. I don't have kids. I don't plan on having any ever. Let's hope not after something just, like this happens. My whole thing, like the way I wrote it in my notes is, you know, everything that she's been through and the first thing she does when she gets back to the house is leave the boy alone. That just, that just struck me as odd. You Although know, I would like to see somebody in real life walking around with their kids going, you know, just, is, is that a changeling? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that re- that relates to like one of my general pet peeves in horror is yeah. uh, a traumatic experience happens, and then people automatically just go off on their own. Yes. Uh, you know, even though they know they're being hunted or whatever, like I'm going to go take a shower. You know, and <laughs> well, you know, they, that alone upstairs where nobody it is. Um, it, it's amazing how how often that happens. But uh, <laughs> that's uh, it's classic horror, horror movie tropes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's like it's got. Hey, you know what? There's a there's a bloodthirsty killer around. We should split up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, the way it is. I mean, I I bath. there'll be I no horror up, movies. Uh, yeah. I would bring up it chap- uh, chapter two, but it might be a little soon. <laughs> oh yes, oh, that yes, was yes, one of my yes, biggest yes, pet yes. peeves. Of I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. It seems like we we handled this one pretty well so let's uh let's get on out of here guys and let's get our plugs in so uh keep it going jerry throw your plugs out buddy all right how much time you got all right let's see uh you can hear me on no more room in hell uh the next episode of no more room in hell is going to feature two alien invasion movies from the early 80s one is without warning the other is The Deadly Spawn. These are both first-time first watches for me, so it should be a fun review, so check that out. It should be out in the next week or two. 
Uh, the sister podcast to No More Room in Hell is called No More Room in Hell Presents Fresh Cuts. That is where we review only the newest films that have been released. If it's a theatrical release, we'll we'll have the episode out within a few days. If it's a VOD release, you know, we'll try to get it out within a week or two. Uh, the next episode is going to cover the newly released Tigers Are Not Afraid. It just got released on Shudder. Uh, once again, because I live in L.A., I got to see it in theaters uh, last April when it had a very small theatrical run. A spoiler alert, the movie is amazing. If you have not seen it, go see it now. It's on Shudder. If you have Shudder, cool. If you know someone with Shudder, break into their house and watch this movie right now. It's well worth it. Uh, let's see, you can hear me on Theme Warriors. That is a monthly podcast where it's not specifically horror related, but we'll, we'll basically, we'll have a theme for each episode. And then the four podcasters will pick one movie pertaining to that theme. Our last episode was underdog stories where the underdogs lose. Um, and then the next episode that's going to be for next month, uh, like I said, this is a monthly podcast. So next month's episode is going to be American movies based on foreign television shows. So check that one out. That's uh, on the Horophilia Network. Um, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space is my Kaiju slash Godzilla podcast uh, where I work with Jerry Herring from Kill the Cast, Donna Nelly from The Horror Mafia, and Derek B. from Cinema Attack. Uh, on the last episode, we did uh, Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. That episode was just released last week, so check that out. That one can be find, found on the Legion Podcast Network. Um, another one of my shows is called the Slice and Dice Dreadcast. This is a show that I actually joined recently when they lost one of their co-hosts. Uh, I do that show with uh, Joey and Bill from the Horror Mafia Podcast. And uh, J-Mac, who is a veteran of the Slice and Dice Dreadcast, has been there since the beginning. And then the last thing that I need to discuss is my newest podcasting venture, which is called Cult Unknown. Um, I'm, I'm doing this podcast with Mr. Jerry Herring from Kill the Cast. On this podcast, we cover all things unsolved, mysterious, macabre, or just weird in general. Uh, we only have one episode out right now, and we did Bigfoot. And the way we handle it, obviously the Bigfoot story is a gigantic story and would be way too much to talk about in a two-hour podcast. So we look at, we basically look at specific eyewitness accounts, specific stories from the past. Um, we talk about the attack of... Uh, on the Ape Canyon, which is probably one of the most famous Bigfoot attacks ever from back in 1924. Um, that's also available on the Legion Podcast Network, so check that out. And that's it for me. Wake up, wake up. Are you sure that's it? There's not like five or six Gary, more? Gary, you really got to get... Dude, you were so lazy, it's ridiculous. You got to get moving. I'm sorry, you... I'm sorry for you. And I actually am working on one more new one, but okay, that, go. One, that one's Jeez. in the planning stages. So I'd what, what, about put it this way. Jerry has a podcast Monday through Sunday. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Hey, it's a love for you. That's, that's cool. All right. Uh, Creepy Keith, what are your plugs? Well, I'm on the uh, new season of Hollow, uh, uh, Halloween Bacon Championship on uh, the Food Network. Um, just kidding. I'll be... Uh, training for that for next year <laughs> um actually old episodes past present and future of the horror cast which now featured on spotify right martinado 
Correct. That is correct. So anybody listening out there, uh, if you're not listening to that, uh, tell your friends and family about that, that it's available on that now. And then finally, if uh, I just created just today uh, exclusively for the horror cast family out there, it's the horror cap with a K, K-A-P at gmail.com. If you want to send me emails, I challenge anybody just to just send one. I just want <laughs> you to just send one. See what happens. Yo, what is all oh, the horror cap? I uh-huh. get it now. Got it. Got it. Is it very cap? good? Is it cap with a K or a C? Oh, with a K. Okay, yeah, I got it right. Jerry's sending it right now. Oh, okay. he's sending me the email. <laughs> Somebody other than the horror cast, send an email. <laughs> all right, Vin, give your plugs, man. Uh, real quick, uh, my blog is thereverendreview.com. Uh, otherwise, you can find me on the Horrorcast Facebook page. Simple and easy. All right. That's right. Mark, give your plugs. My name is Mark Nato. I am on one show. It's called the Horrorcast. <laughs> one episode a year. <laughs> one episode a year. <laughs> we do a uh, yearly podcast. It, That's about it. No, but uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be doing more and more um, coming up. So you'll be hearing more of me, which I know is just like everyone's very excited about. About that, yeah, so. everybody's sick of hearing me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they're tuning in. They're like, "Oh my gosh, Jerry again!" <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, okay, Mark, why don't you let people know about <laughs> what we have, what we're working on here? It's going to be opening soon, I think, uh, right? Well, what would, we're, we're going to be doing some. Um, we haven't completely figured it all out yet, but we're going to do some episodes that are going to be uh, just kind of like round tables like what we've been watching uh because it seems like when we do that with our regular episode the episodes are four and a half five hours long yeah it's ridiculous. and it's just you know i know a lot of people who like long podcasts i'm one of them but it, it's harder and harder to uh to find the time to record those mm-hmm. so uh we'll be doing some of those uh coming up in october we're gonna have some halloween uh themed episodes and uh yeah uh, we've got some series uh that i've got in the back of my mind and we'll be discussing those but i'm i'm excited to get going again but um i was thinking about calling those um uh round table uh episodes uh why what have (laughs) you been watching why 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 it really rolls off the tongue yeah that's perfect (laughs) wow I'm getting that from tomorrow. The Horrorcast presents Huaybua. Wow. But uh and and coming maybe in January, uh the Revenant Vin and I uh are probably going to be starting uh a new podcast called The Horrorcast Presents Film Noir. And uh we'll be discussing uh some film noir. If you don't know what that is, you know, you should probably look it up. Alrighty, alrighty. I'm gonna throw mine out. Uh, find me just on the Facebook page or anything related to our horror cast that we just mentioned. And I am definitely 100% on the weird hours that I'm up gonna start throwing out and editing my own little um, uh, monster mini reviews of just random, crazy, very unseen monster movies. It's all right up my alley. So uh, I've been wanting to do that for years. And like I said, I'm on swing shift, so I have all this time when everybody's 
uh, sleeping. I'm I'm awake, so I'm gonna just start doing little maybe half hour episodes just to throw out there, give some people something to listen to because I know a lot of people like that type of stuff, and uh, I know I would enjoy doing that. So also, um, Mark Nato is busy now getting some uh, merch done, and I tell you what, this shirt that he had is phenomenal. It came out so good, man. Uh, it, it, it looks it looks unbelievable. It looks just like it's from Fright Rags. And uh, it's uh, the picture. It's very soft, and I even washed it, and it, I mean it holds up nice. Colors great. It look. I mean it just looks really great. So yeah, and I ordered and the so, uh, baseball jersey, and it turned out really well. Oh, did yeah. you? Uh-huh. You got the, good, three, the three quarter length baseball shirt. Yep. Yep. Um, I got my yeah, hoodie so, coming Monday. Uh, no, no Wednesday. I'm sorry. Yeah. What we're doing is is I got a, a buddy of mine, and we are working on. You know, it takes some work to, uh, you know, create the store and everything. We do have uh, our website is har- thehorrorcast.net. Uh, that'll all be up live uh, with links to uh, the store and to, um, you know, the episodes and stuff. But uh, once we get that up, um, listeners will be able to go on there and buy whatever they want. I mean, hats, uh, hoodies sweatshirts i mean you can get a horror cast book bag if you want cell phone covers oh absolutely yeah i got one of those (laughs) yeah it's very very cool and the credit goes to vincent tangway our artist man just just such an awesome design but all right guys and and let's give a shout out we haven't done this in a while to daniel desillets oh yeah dan our song created our uh horror cast theme song yeah dan dan's a listener too so what's up dan Okay, guys, let's get this out of here. So, so that's uh, that's going to be everything from us this show. As always, we want to thank you all as much as we possibly can for giving us a listen. Uh, please, guys, do us a favor and have your friends check us out. And uh, since we uh, since our hiatus, we lost our iTunes reviews. Uh, we had a lot of good ones, a lot of good ones. We had a five star. Uh, average rating so if you could just take a couple seconds out and uh, give us an honest five star review wink, wink, <laughs> uh, that would be beautiful yes, know, that uh, would, that's really going to help us we I also didn't... accept dishonest five star reviews exactly right. yeah as long I, as I did fine. I did announce on Facebook uh, when we get uh, we're, we're at nine right now but I'm one of them so that doesn't count but um, when we get to the first ten I'm going to um, do a little raffle, and I'm going to give away a Horrorcast hoodie nice. uh, oh, for free, just for putting a written five-star, well, a written review. If it's four and a half, I, I can understand it. But, wow. Um, yeah. So, and then, you know, I just want to get it back up, because I think we ended up, we were we were in the 60s or something. Yeah. Uh, and then, and, and, uh, so we got to get those back and uh, get get our um, our little self-notice. But we, we're, we're on Google um podcast apple podcast we're on spotify uh we're, we're on all every everywhere you look so there you go all right awesome yeah so get those reviews in guys uh, a hoodie i'm telling you you won't you will not be let down it's phenomenal all right so if you have anything you would like to say to us hit us up on any of those plugs that we just left and thanks again for listening to the horror cast where it's all killer and no filler and please stay scared Monster.